Hello, everyone, and welcome to another small screen Star Wars. As always, I'm Julian Mush, and I'm joined by Rachel Wilkinson. Hello there. And we're going to be talking about today The Book of Boba Fett, Season 1, Episode 5, Return of the Mandalorian. Or should I say The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1? <laughs> because that's really... That's really what we're dealing with here. I it, we'll get into that, but this episode yeah. is baffling to me. So, um, oh, we'll, baffling. it's ba- it just it I think it's great, but it's just very odd. The 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 thinking is just very weird. I even, mm-hmm. you know, because of the occasion, I pulled out my uh, my fancy uh, Mando helmet. Oh, yeah. I even Mando have a fancy helmet. I even have a fancy uh, stand for it now. So I got oh. it here next to me, hanging out. Me and uh, yeah, I guess you can't wear it because it muffles you. It's very muffling. Yeah, I tried it. Remember, I tried that once last season. Yeah, and you it, did. It sounded really <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we get into everything, I'll just remind everyone at home to follow us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast. Head over to Facebook.com/slash Tower Babblecast and go over to our website TowerOfBabble.ca to find everything that we do, including our flagship show, the Tower of Babel Podcast. We just did the annual Toby Awards where we handed out our top three favorite films and TV shows of the last year. You can check that out on the main feed. Um, some surprises in there. Um, some uh, some you might expect as well. Spider-Man gets, <laughs> uh, gets his, uh, his due, I think, uh, pretty well. But um, yeah, there's, and there's a little Star Wars in there if you're, if you're interested. So yeah, go check that out. Uh, and like I said, that's on the main Tower of Babel feed. You can find that on all your podcast catchers of choice. Uh, also, we have a uh, a Patreon. You can help support the show. You can head over to patreon.com slash towerbabblecast. For as little as five bucks a month, you get access to our exclusive monthly film clubs. I'm going to ask you for the hundredth time, which movie are we doing this month? <laughs> this month, we are doing Misery. Misery. Uh, I haven't seen it, but it is available on Apple TV, so I'm going to be renting it. Um, Ooh, sometime okay. in the next day or two and then we're going to be talking about it uh, over the weekend we don't do those live uh, but no. you can find those all in our, in our, in our feed there's a whole couple of years worth you can go back over uh, but we are doing this episode live this is live on Twitch it's live on YouTube and it's live on Twitter which is my f- social media platform of choice my favorite um, so you can find that we record these every Thursday evening Typically anywhere between 7.30 and 8 p.m. Central. So, um, and it's 8.22 p.m. Central as we speak right now. <laughs> uh, I, you know, we had planned for 7.30 today, but I got to be honest, uh, I, in rewatching, which usually takes slightly longer um, than the actual, like, normal watch that I do right. to take my notes, um, mm-hmm. took almost twice as long. I think it basically it took two hours because oh, there wow. is just so much here. <laughs> There's yeah. so much to unpack. And it's like, I, the thing is, I really wasn't expecting to be doing this like Mandalorian type conversation um, right. in the middle of the season. And it's not even the middle, well, it's like the back half of it. That and there was just there's so many different like places we saw and like Easter eggs and there's oh so God. much stuff to go through. So it's it's there's so much stuff. It's nuts, actually, how much yeah. stuff. <laughs> so let's let's get into it. This is like I said uh-huh. before, this is season one, episode five or chapter five. Um, called Return of the Mandalorian. Obviously, great classic Star Wars name. Gotta love a Return of the type title. Um, mm-hmm. Revenge of the would be another classic one you could use. Um, so that's fairly straightforward. Uh, straightforward. I, you know, I was kind of surprised we didn't just see the Mandalorian like title card come up 
instead of the Book of Boba Fett one um, oh, yeah. after the cold open because it does start with a cold open. It does, um, yeah. In a meatpacking plant. But um, mm-hmm. this episode is written by John Favreau and Noah Kluwer, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. So this will be now her third episode of Star Wars that she's done. Uh, of course, her first one was in Mandalorian season one when Mando goes to that uh, like forest planet and helps protect that like uh, little tribe of people. Oh, from, the little village. Yeah, the little village. Yes, yes. From those Clatoonian raiders. There was a, a, a walker in that one. That one's cool. Um, I didn't love that episode at first, but I, upon rewatch um, the, to prepare for season two, I really actually like that episode a lot in retrospect. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. Then season two... She does the episode that I, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, she does the episode that introduces uh, Bo-Katan um, ah. into Star Wars. So there's it, back into live action Star Wars. So there's some really good stuff really under her good belt. Content from her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, and now this episode, I think, very strong um, as a standalone Mandalorian episode. Um, and now there, I'm seeing a lot of chatter online. People want, you know, saying, "Okay, you know, you can you can direct a, a movie now, right?" Um, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I'm not. I'm not against that. I, I would oh, love no, it. Oh no, of course. There just the, the movies just don't seem to be being made. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just to me. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like she wasn't qualified beforehand. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I. Well, I get yes it. And like no. you need to show that, like you can, you know, that you're good at it. I I appreciate that, but I feel like we've seen enough good stuff from her already. Well, yeah, but I mean, enough. Bryce Dallas Howard's directing career i don't think is very long of course she That's comes fair. from a uh uh, uh, uh a long, well, a long not line a long, not a long line not but a her, long line but her dad is a very famous director obviously yes. right so if i look at her directing her directing credits here she's got 10 under her belt mm-hmm. she directed two shorts 2006 2011 a music video um something for vanity fair her first yeah. real um directing job was the Mandalorian chapter chapter oh, four okay, sanctuary yeah. and chapter 11 the heiress so mm-hmm. um now chapter five return of the, uh, you know uh return of the Mandalorian but um her acting career is much longer than that she has 42 acting credits under her belt she she was a n- relatively unproven commodity I'd say in the directing space I think she's clearly proven that she has uh, the talent to do this, you know, um, absolutely, yeah, at, at, a, at a feature scale. I think her episode, this episode especially, really has a, a feature. It looked quality. so good. It, yeah, like it just it looked awesome. I loved it. I think it's the best looking episode we've seen. Me of, too. Of Star Wars in a very long time. Yeah. To give you know, just to it's not all her credit where credit right, is yeah. due. It's like it's probably partly because it just wasn't on Tatooine. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. But also it's like, the, you know, ILM's doing good but work here. Uh, at the this, same time, it was yeah, just good. There's just yeah. really, there's a lot of good visual s- stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's get into this. Uh, the log line here is an unexpected ally emerges. What a useless log line that is. <laughs> they seem very simple with the log lines for this. Like, well, they're just very. It, also, it's like, what do you mean an, an, an unexpected ally emerges? You te- At the end of the last episode, you're like, Oh, you know, credits can buy you muscle, and it plays the Mandalorian theme. Everyone knew what was going <laughs> to yeah. happen here, and then, and then it implies like an ally implies that you know we would be spending time with Boba Fett, and then Mando would would emerge unexpectedly, right? But that's not what happens here. Boba Fett doesn't even appear in this episode. <laughs> yeah, although he does get top billing. 
because it is, I guess, contractually, it is still his show. So, you know, mm. whatever, whatever. Anyway, uh, we start in this meat packing plant. This is the cold open. Um, Mando uh, and uh, this is Din Djarin for for those who. Okay, hold on. Let's just pause here for a second. Were you okay. surprised at all? I mean, you weren't surprised to see Mandalorian. I think we were both not shocked no. there. But yeah. were you surprised by the fact that this whole episode was was Mandalorian centric? This is essentially an episode of the Mandalorian, right? Yes. Oh yeah, I was. I was super surprised. Um, yeah. No, I was not expecting to get basically an entire Mando episode. It that wouldn't have ever even slightly crossed my yeah. mind. <laughs> so it's interesting. I and I'm not. I'm obviously very much not mad at it. I I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, and it's like I'm not mad at it either because again, I think this is really there's some super cool stuff in here. I'm yeah. just more like annoyed with the with the whole concept of putting in a, a Mandalorian episode into the middle of of the yeah. Book of Boba Fett because I think if you had if you were watching the Book of Boba Fett and you had not seen the Mandalorian, I think you'd be very confused. Like this episode is impenetrable in my opinion for someone who's who doesn't know who Din Djarin is, like, what is this? You know, you came here for the Boba Fett and you get this other guy who's arguably way cooler than Boba Fett is. <laughs> and now, and like doing all this cool stuff with a lightsaber and yada, yada. But like, there's all this lore explained yeah. and it's, and it comes out of nowhere. I feel like, I, I, I don't know if there's a lot of people who are watching the book of Boba Fett who haven't seen the Mandalorian, but what I'm saying is if mm-hmm. those are, those people do exist, I'd love to hear from you because I want to know what you would have thought of this episode standalone. Cause it's odd. It just like, I think I saw some people um, refer to it kind of like, oh, it's like comic book crossovers. Right? Oh, yeah, exactly. It's kind of, I mean, it happens a lot, obviously, in the series. Like the comics that I read, a lot of times, like they they go alongside each other for a bit in the same time, and then there'll be one that's the next in both, right? Right, so. but usually in that case, it's like, hey, you'll, know, you'll read Darth Vader you know, issues one through four, and then it'll say, okay, hey, if you want to continue the story, go read uh, Boba Fett you know, uh, yes. uh, issue yes, 46 yes. or whatever, right? It's like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. But that's because you're going to a different book. This is inside the same book. <laughs> now, I also heard someone explain it like they're calling the book of Boba Fett. They're treating it like a novel. Is You know, it's not uncommon for in a novel, you you know, spend a bunch of time with your main character and then a random ep- chapter of a book that would be a completely different character. And yeah, you go through their true. mission and then, you know, and then they get joined up with the rest of the crew later. I, I, I mm-hmm. can understand that. I even I I do get that, but what really baffles me here is that so much of this episode is dealing with the ramifications of the uh, the the book of sorry the Mandalorian season two finale. This really yeah, is it's a, a it's exactly yeah. What, it's a what, lot of stuff that was kind of mentioned in the Mandalorian, and now we're like picking up storyline from there, which I agree is a little strange. So it's like why. why I, Here's how, if in, in my mind, the way to do this would be slightly different. Now, again, I we prefer to treat the show as what it is and review it as what it is. But this is such a baffling, crazy, surprising move. I just want like this is how I imagined it would have gone. Would have been, you know, if we're gonna do a whole Mando episode, it's kind of like a side mission Mando mm-hmm. episode, uh, where it's like I don't know, maybe he's on a bounty. We kind of see it at the beginning of this, but um, it's it, it's not as it's not required reading for the Mandalorian uh, series. This is like mm-hmm. if you're watching only the Mandalorian, you're not interested in the Book of Boba Fett. You'd I would say to someone, okay, well, go watch the you know if you don't want to watch Book of Boba Fett, watch the Mandalorian season one, then season two, then go watch the Book of Boba Fett 
chapter five. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> going to have to be right. in that in that canon space for sure and in that chronological order. I yeah. mean, I guess we're going to have to kind of see how everything else rolls out for the rest of the season for Book of Boba Fett and like kind of understand why because and within the next season of Mandalorian because maybe this content doesn't really fit with what they're doing with Mando in the next season. So maybe there just isn't really another place to put this except for here. I I didn't consider that. Like, this is like, okay, this is our chance to wrap this up and then we can tell a new story. I mean, that's true. Or like I say, yeah, we'll see. The way the episode ends where he's kind of like, oh, I got to go. I got to go visit a little friend. It's like, okay, well, it implies that he's going to go see uh, Grogu. But it would Mm -hmm. be weird, I think, and, and very soon, maybe too soon, for us to see Grogu again, considering... The like very emotionally charged finale that was Mando season two. That's uh, kind of what I'm thinking though. So you know we have this episode right? right that's Book of Boba Fett, and then Mando's gonna go do his thing, and that's probably all the contents of the next season of The Mandalorian, and then him coming back to help Boba Fett well, is probably the after that's a that. Pr- I mean, so like that's a pretty big time jump. Maybe? I mean, like are you gonna put know. a whole squeeze a whole season in between like a week that's of true. Tatooine time? I think more likely what happens is he tries to go visit Grogu, but then something happens and he can't, and he has Maybe, to stay yeah. with with Boba Fett. Because like Could be. we're talking about two episodes left in the in yeah, the book of Boba I know. Fett, and it's like you're gonna you. It bugs me because it's a complete narrative halt. All the progress mm-hmm. we made with with. Boba Fett, you know, it's it's ups, it's downs, a lot of lows, but like there's some good stuff in there. We've had our complaints, but it's completely halted for a better show. And then and now we're gonna go pick back up with Boba Fett and it's not it's gonna feel disjointed. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm well, gonna we'll hold see. my judgment till till that. But like yeah. we're gonna wrap up everything with Boba Fett in two episodes. And now Mando's yeah. here, so it's like, I don't know. I I I'm 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 very concerned, but hey. Um, let's we'll reserve judgment, I suppose, until until we oh, see. Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's jump into it. We've been there's a lot of preamble there. Okay. <laughs> We're in the meatpacking plant. Mando uh, appears in silhouette, then emerges through these like plastic sheeting. We hear mm-hmm. his cool uh, like flute his theme whistle, play. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I like uh, what they did with his silhouette there because he kind of looked like Boba Fett for a split second. Yeah. Like it was the same sort of outline, like his little, his stick kind of looked like Boba Fett's little launcher and then the cape and everything. Like it looked very, uh, for the split second, you're like, Bo- oh, no. Well, I mean, it is the book of Boba Fett, so you're not. <laughs> no, just, I know. Yeah, exactly. I get why. It was, it was, I liked the little fake out there for that second. Right. It, it's it, And then you're like, oh, wow, it's way, it's the way cooler version. And then. Yeah. Uh, and then I was so, just like, oh yeah, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so yeah, it's super cool, and he's and he's got the spear, and he's got everything. It's really dope. And then so he's walking mm-hmm. through this meat meatpacking meat plant. He's looking for Kaba Baez. This is a Clatoonian um, with a with a bounty on his head. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought this exchange is so cool. It's just like me too. This kind of like Godfather esque uh, kind of <laughs> right? exchange where he's like, "How do you know? Uh, how do you know he's here?" And he pulls out the little fob. <laughs> And he's like, "Well, uh, listen, he's not here. I'll, I'll let me, uh, <laughs> I'll let me take a message for you, basically." And then uh, he's like, how, "How do you even know what he looks like?" And he pulls up the things like, "That doesn't even look like me." He's like, yeah. "It's like, what do you mean? It clearly looks like that." It, it's just very that fun. Yeah, made me laugh because he was so distinctive. It's like, oh, the guy with the same person with the exact same face tattoo and piercings, it, right? And the, the nose piercings. piece. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, that doesn't even look like <laughs> that me. That doesn't even look just, like me. You're just laughing. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it though. Yeah. It's so good. And then he's just playing it cool the whole way. 
and uh-huh. uh, and he's like, hey, listen, listen, we're, I'm sure you're a reasonable person. You seem like a reasonable person. What you know? Mm-hmm. What can we? How can we? Let's talk. Th- let's talk this through. And then he has his line, which I didn't realize this had become this like, like when he says it, you're like, oh shit, that's so badass. Yeah. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Bring you in cold. Yeah, I love how he kind of sighs beforehand too. Yeah, he's like, like ah. it's almost like he's just kind of exasperated. You know, he walks yeah. in and he he tells the other guy, you know, because they're all standing up, like puffing out their chests, and mm-hmm. he kind of tells him, like, I have no quarrels with you. You can walk away. Right. And just he's trying to be diplomatic about it. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, did you expect them to, to walk away? No, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like he's very much more not unhinged. But I think I've I've saw some other people saying the same thing about like, yeah, Grogu's not with him anymore. So he doesn't have to like hold back or feel like it is he pretty has cool. Yeah, back, he doesn't have to pull his cool. punches at all. And what yeah. we see here is really badass. So he like yes, there's a yes. fight scene. And what I love is that they don't really like they cut right to the chase, right? He pulls oh, yeah. out the 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 dark saber and he's oh, so cool. Cutting people in half. Yeah. Uh well, cutting his own leg too, which is yeah. I think I I love that he cuts his own leg here. Now, Me too. the reason Me I too. think it's cool is because I don't know how many times, I don't even know where I originally heard it, but I don't even know if it's originally even said in Star Wars anywhere, but there's this kind of like general knowledge that you know if you're not a uh uh if you're not a jedi if you tried to use a lightsaber you'd cut your own arm off or you'd you'd definitely kill yourself right it's like you're gonna injure yourself like you need to know how to wield that weapon because it's crazy dangerous (laughs) right so there and so he's he's trying to and he almost cuts his leg off and uh (laughs) so i think that's like a really cool idea to show um it feels really true to the world um kind of it, it it feels like fan service, but in the, you know, in a, in the right way. You know. See, okay, I was gonna say, I'm like, I didn't feel like feel like it felt like fan service, but I understand like proper fan service where it's like it, it felt more be, honest, right? About, you know, be like, yeah, like not everyone can just pick up these weapons and be super good at wielding them all of a sudden. I I, I say uh, like fan service in the sense that like it's a it's a thing that the fans have been talking about for a long time. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, so he, he he finishes them off. Brutal finish, by the way, where he where <laughs> yeah. he cuts him right in half through the table. I thought, oh, so cool, right? So mm-hmm. after the fight, he cuts the head off and he got it in a bag, and then he comes out and there's this <laughs> whole gang of the of these Clatoonians who are like his the, this guy's former employees, and he's mm-hmm. like, listen, there's a whole stack of cash in there. You're welcome to it if you just let me go, right. uh, you know, and then. And they're fine with that deal. Yeah, they're like, all right. <laughs> he gets out of there. Yeah. Um, then we have the title card, like I mentioned. So it was a cold open. And then mm-hmm. the, we have both Mando and Boba's theme play over I really top of each that. other. And they do fit together really, really they well. They do. They yeah. fit together super well. That's yeah. kind of, I was going to say, I'm like, it sounded so good. No, I love this whole opening scene. I liked the way the the butcher shop, yep. kinda, or butcher shop looked. It gave me those really um, old school, like gangster movie feels. Like someone always owns a, yeah, when there's crime involved, somebody always owns a butcher shop. There's always, always a murder in a butcher shop. It's so good. And then, uh, yeah, I, I also like really enjoyed the Clatoonians in general. Clatonians? Clatoonians? Clatoonians, yeah. Clatoonians. I like how they 
can because I feel like a lot of times in Star Wars we get different species and they just kind of make them all generically look the same. Right. And I liked that they gave each of them kind of like a distinctive look or color pattern mm-hmm. or just they were all kind of slightly different, which I really appreciated. I'm like, that's really cool. We don't see enough of like the the diversity within a species in Star Wars, except for like Twi'leks being different colors. And yeah, it's generally you know, like it's yeah the same thing with Rodians. You'll get a green one or a blue one, and it's like and yeah. otherwise they look exactly the same. And you're like, and this is cool because. Yeah. It's like they're dog people, right? Yeah. They're like bulldog people. And it's like, so, you know, mm-hmm. there's a different, every bulldog looks slightly different. So they got like yeah. these slightly different versions. And the way that they've designed this is a new, um, uh, you know, creature. And by the way, I think the first appearance was in Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. So she probably has oh, these okay. close to her heart. But like they're, they're relatively new invention to Star Wars. So the prosthetic uh, options available to them are much like much broader, right? They they're not yeah, restricted exactly. by these older kind of things that were invented in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So they can do some stuff that like really lets uh, facial movement come through, right? I feel like those jowls move yeah. a lot. Yeah. You can really see the uh, my mouth and eyes moving. I don't feel like that a person in that makeup feels necessarily restricted. You can really they can really act through it. So I like that. No, for sure. I just yeah, I just like that they were all kind of did different variations and had different different looks to them. So mm-hmm. I like that. I saw like a few people being like, ah, uh, you know, it's a, it looks a little too earthy, right? Like our world. Oh yeah, I heard people complain about it too. And I'm like, I don't, I don't mind I don't that. Think, I don't I like know. When, I kind of like when I see that kind of stuff in Star Wars. Like, yeah, sometimes it will pull me out. Like when I the Vespas pulled me out and I was <laughs> right. like, those are dumb. <laughs> but when it's scenes like this where it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, especially when it's more of like an old timey gangster reason why they have a butcher well, shop. Or just like it's, like, it's oh, a, yeah. it's a, homage to some other type of filmmaking yeah, and that's yeah. that's fine and like here's the thing like I, i'm sure they thought about like what could we do well how could we make a butcher shop look more like star warsy but like yeah i don't know how much more like what you could do different to be honest like really are, yeah it's just <laughs> you know kinda, in, in the yeah, concept it art, is what it is right in the concept art it looked like the meat that they had up was like like tauntauns mm-hmm. or something um no they're nerfs <clears throat> oh sorry yeah okay i don't they're know nerfs, what's yeah. a nerf you know, like scruffy looking nerf herder. Oh, like cows. okay, right. Okay. Kind of like a cattle, basically. So, the, like the ones that we see in the actual show look more like just cows, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, which, again, I so like, I get it. It, it does, it, it had like the plastic sheeting, maybe, is what annoys people because, like, that's right out of I our guess world. So you're like, why don't you just have a sliding door? It's like, yeah, but then you don't get the cool kind of. Yeah, this is all for. Between, like, exactly. you want to be, it, they wanted it to be able to be see through. It's right? all dramatic. So this important. is all for, dr- the, all for mm-hmm. filmmaking purpose. Anyway, I don't, I don't really. That argument doesn't really hold water for me in this episode, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm willing to listen, hear it out most of the time. So, yeah. uh, we get to we cut away from the the title card, and we get to this really amazing, uh, 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 looking ring world. So cool, super cool. So yeah, you know, the, and what's even cooler about this is a couple things. It's obviously it inspires thoughts of like things like Halo, but ring worlds go way back in sci-fi there's been ring worlds for a long time in science fiction okay and um what's really cool about this one is it's not a full loop there's a whole section that's not cut out and i guess it faces towards a sun so that as it rotates this cutout 
creates night and day sequences as it rotates. Yeah. Um, but very quickly night and day. Like it's, yeah, it rotates fairly quickly. So yeah, it's like which it, is kind of cool. I feel like I would be annoyed by that if I was living on that planet. I feel it's like it would make me yeah. motion sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd feel it so much if you're on no. it, you know? No, but just having like the light pass over you like that so quickly, like yeah. from light to, to dark. But yeah, no, it was very, like really cool. And it just looked, everything just looked really cool it, when we were in this It spot. looks so good just from a mm-hmm. for me like set design standpoint like the, yeah. the, the 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 color palette of like when it's lit up looks a lot like the death star the original yeah, kind of yeah. like uh 1970s early 80s kind of sci-fi yeah, just, look where it, it it when the light hits it it has this like this model almost look to it like it's not like mm-hmm. it's not all cg but it, it looks like it's a model which is cool um and it just, I just thought it just looked, the details are all there. You see trains going around. Yeah. Um, there's ships, like there's looks like you can see the little atmosphere. You can see ships flying around. I just think this is one of the coolest looking places in Star Wars we've maybe seen in a, a very long Honestly, time. Honestly, yeah. You know, it's not just taking us to another like planet or we're not just going like, like yeah. Coruscant, you know, me, it's like a yeah. very different thing. And it like, it's so neat how it looks like you can literally just fall off of it. Like how annoying like, is it space? that Tatooine and Jakku are basically the exact same thing? You <laughs> yeah. know, like that's super <laughs> annoying. And I don't like no one, we don't need more desert planets, but we do need more cool. Like I think of, um, Remember in Rogue One, they go briefly, mm-hmm. they go to that space station that's like built into an asteroid. Yes. That's yes, super, yes. that one's super, that's super cool too. That always stands out yeah. to me. Now this one is like in that same vein to me. And I, I had a hard time tracking down the name. My understanding is it's called Glavis is the name oh, okay. of this ring world slash station. It's not clear what they would call it, but I think it's super cool. Happy that it's included here. Yeah, and same. It's 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 we not only do we get to see it from above what by this establishing shot, but we get to see it from ground level. We see Mando carrying the Clatoonian's head in a bag as they kind of show <laughs> off it. this ring world. Like he's walking along the streets and you see the you can s- kind of see the horizon rise up in the background behind him and mm-hmm. you can see um the light running along it and it kind of passes over him, which is really cool. And uh and then they do this really awesome one shot. So I don't know if you noticed oh, this. I did, and it was so cool. Yeah. So he enters the he enters an elevator, right? And uh, and it goes up the elevator, and he emerges into a nightclub. That the nightclub de- design was really cool. It's in a tower, obviously, because you can see kind of look out over the station. And he uh, delivers the head to this like gangster who's speaking Hatiz. Now this gangster is played by hold on a Helen Sadler who plays the Ishitib. Guildmaster, um, Ishi Tib is the species that um, that she's playing now. Helen Sadler, interesting enough, uh, I don't really have a connection to her, but she's played. She's a longtime voice actor. She's done a lot of Star Wars stuff, so oh, okay. she's. Uh, let me just pick up a few a few here. She's a medical officer in the Star Wars: The Bad Batch. She's uh, she does a bunch of voices for Star Wars Lego stuff. She voices oh, Ray in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, cute. She's okay. uh, Havina Von Reg in Star Wars, Squad- Star Wars Squadrons. She's uh, she's in a lot of video games. Uh, she plays Jyn Erso in Star Wars Forces of Destiny. She does a bunch of voices in Star Wars Battlefront 2. She, you know, she's just, she does Jyn Erso again in Star Wars Battlefront, uh, their first one. So like she's been on a lot of stuff, uh, Star Wars okay. wise, but she's been done basically voice acting for majority of her career. 
but here she is now covered in um, <laughs> covered in prosthetics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to to uh, to at least for a live action role, she does. I think she does a fine job. Um, so that's cool. She drops off the head, and this this Ishi Tib is kind of like, "Hey, stay with us. Have so, have a meal. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we got another job for you. You're really good." And he's just like, "Listen, I'm just I'm just minding my own business. Either give me the money and the information you you promised me, or I'm out of here." You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm gonna go to somebody else because there's a bounty. So. Right. And so she's like, she's like, okay, 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 fine. You know, have your have your information. Go to the Colzac Alley by the heat vents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what yeah. Like, whatever that means. <laughs> um, and uh he gets paid and he he leaves and he goes and this meanwhile, this whole time, the camera's rotating around this dinner table. Oh, I just right? thought it looked so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. And it's kind of, you can kind of see that it's being walked around. There's a little, the, mo- the kind of the way the camera moves is you can mm-hmm. tell the person's just, it's not on a, 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 a wheelie tripod or anything like that. It's just being carried. So it gives it a little bit of, um, a little bit more intrigue. And then it falls him around, it falls back to Mando. And then he walks out back onto the elevator and the elevator goes back down. And that's all in mm-hmm. one shot. Now, what's really cool is that obviously there's no elevator in the real world. What they done, what they <laughs> did was it's all blue, it's all you know green screen, blue screen, or you know in the in the um, the volume in the volume, and they they swapped out the sets as he goes in mm-hmm. and out of the elevator, and I think that's super dope. So neat. And only that, like the actual look of as you as the elevator goes up, you can see out onto the onto the station. It's mm-hmm. it's just so detailed and it looks so cool. And the light bouncing off of Mando's helmet, all of it like totally works. I thought this is some of the best looking Star Wars stuff we've ever seen. Oh, it was so good. And yeah, I mean, so in terms of something being a one shot, Uh I also assume that that means this was all one take. Like you're not going to, are you going to stitch together multiple takes like this or no? You can, but typically those are hidden. There's like a, there's like a. The camera passes behind like a, a post yeah, like or a something. pillar or something. Yeah, and right? those are yeah. and so, you can then cut away then. But yeah, this is all so, done in one take. Yeah, yeah, this is like a full because it's over two minutes, I think. Yeah, but also you got to consider is, that like I was thinking about this. It's like it's pretty easy to do adjustments to this because you don't see Mando's mouth move, right? Right. Um, yeah, and the true. Ishi Tib is just speaking in Hatiz, so you could just replace any any words over it, and and they have the subtitles anyway. Right. And no yeah, one else has true. dialogue, so it's like, yeah, it's all done in one take, but it's be easy enough to like, you know, if someone even mm-hmm. if someone messes up, you just keep going, and then as long as you have the the footage you want, you can always do ADR later and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I also saw um, a couple things about how it's really neat how Mando holds himself when he's injured. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really let people see how injured he actually is. And then at the end of that take, as soon yes. as he's in the elevator alone, he kind of like collapses a little bit because he's in so much pain. Yes. And he's like looking, he's like, ah, ah. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> he's lo- just like, you know, you're like, oh, okay. Like, so like what kind know, of like injury? Getting- is that like a burn or is it like a, a, is it like a cut and burn or like what's going, like what uh, is it? That looks to me more like a burn, like yeah. as if you were to take like a an iron to your leg. And it's and like a and sear it's like off. A, whatever the higher than third degree burn is, is what it looked like. I feel like once you get past third degree, though, you can't feel it anymore. Oh well, because you're down to the bone or something. Uh, no, because you're like at that point you're you're frying all your like nerve endings off. Oh. So it's yeah. Okay, so a third degree, a, a very intense third degree burn. It, we could, we'll yeah, say, yeah, like a second degree is kind of you know like this? red and. 
I just know things. And my okay. boyfriend just got second degree burns the other day at work. So. Oh, okay. well, that's that's that would make in the brewery. Fun. Yeah, uh, oh, but oh, no work so, related injury. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. it was his own. Just fault, like but. just just like <laughs> just like the Clatoonian who lost his head, a work related injury. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, like second degree burns, like you know, like a sunburn is like a first yeah. degree burn, right? right? right, right second right, degree right. is like if it bubbles and you get like those blisters, pussy things, yeah. and like third degree is if it's like white and it's it's charred, usually like, and yeah, ooh, yeah, and yeah. like th- worse is, and then if it's like black, it's like oh, okay, you like got your nerves, and that's really really right. bad. So, so that's like, yeah, any yeah, lovely. Anything past second degree is like hospitalized. So you go. He I'd looks, say they're probably at least third. <laughs> he's in pretty rough shape. Like, yeah. it, it's just a light nick, but it's like all it takes. That's all it takes with a lightsaber. And, you know. Oh, yeah. He yeah. easily could have like burned off like the first like chunk of his skin and it just oh, seared yeah. right off. Like totally. it didn't have to cut it right. off, but it yeah. was just seared off. Right. Yeah. So ugh, gross. So um, he gets the information. You're like, what information can this? Which is cool here is that you're like, where, when are we picking up with him? Like, what's happening? Like, what's, you know, what's actually going on here? Because none of that information is really revealed to you. And then right. you're like, okay, he gets down to this, like, abandoned part of the city, and uh, he turns on his visor, and he gets to see these, like, hidden glyphs on the walls, so cool. which is which is really cool. And he follows these signs, and he goes into this, like, this door marked with the Mandalorian symbol, the Mythosaur. And then underneath... Um, I thought this shot was really cool. So he underneath, he opens this door and it's like this walkway and ladder system that leads down to space. Yeah, it basically looks like it's down to like the underneath part of this like ring city kind of thing, right? So yeah, again, it's like that. It looks like if he were to fall off, he would just fall off into space, which (laughs) is very cool. Well, and he even slips on the ladder. I'm like, oh my God, I'd be terrified. (laughs) I'd be so scared. Really hard. I mean, he's got his back, his whatever. Right. Um, Thing. I don't know how well Mandalorian helmets do in space, but well, I don't know. That's if that's, a good I don't question. know if they're like space proof or not. I think they are. If they, I think they can be anyway. I don't know mm-hmm. if his is. All, I don't know. It's unclear. Yeah. Um, but either way, I just love the look of it. Like it's just this kind of like, I, yeah, it was like good. you're on a crane and you're super high up, but it's but you're but it's reverse. It's like as if a crane uh-huh. was hanging underneath the world. It's the it's the coolest looking thing. I, you know, it, it's hard to even describe. Yeah, really, I know, especially just it, it being everything is so dark, and then you see the mm-hmm. stars, mm-hmm. right? So it's so much different than falling off like a cliff into whatever. Well, it's like a it's bottomless like, pit, basically. Yeah, but yeah. it's like you're just falling off into like just dead space at this point. Like that's terrifying because <laughs> yeah, you'll just keep going, the, the, right? Like the ugh. the um, the physics of it don't are questionable but um you like know, okay how does the gravity how does work the gravity work not, but i like or, i said like yeah that doesn't necessarily matter with star yeah, wars the really. artificial gravity gravity everything has earth-like gravity all the time so whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um it doesn't matter how big or small the planet is it always has earth-like gravity it doesn't matter don't worry about that stuff um, i think they did say that it's it's around us, isn't it? Around a star, or I thought I saw well, someone it is, say that. But like, thing. so there's probably some gravity that's pulling you towards but the not star, if you're in space, but not. I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't. Like anyway, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's just cool looking. Yeah, so <laughs> just cool looking. Yeah, the, exactly. So he's he's walking along these kind of planks, these under these underbelly walkways, um, and he finds the armor uh, we haven't seen since the Mandalorian. Um, uh, when did, was it? Season two or season one? When he escapes uh, and we don't season, see again. I think it's the end of season one. Right. Okay. It's yeah, like the season finale of, of season one. Okay. So they escape 
And so with the help of all the, the Mandalorians, most of them get killed, which is very unfortunate. There's only two left. It's just her and Paz Vizsla. Mm-hmm. That's all that there is left, which is super depressing. Um, so he collapses. Mando collapses because of his leg injury. Paz helps treat the wound. Um, and uh, he mentions that you know he, he, he thanks them for helping him escape from Navarro. Um, and and then the armor starts. This then this is where the lore starts just stops and starts and doesn't stop. Yeah. The, <laughs> the armor asks what caused his wound, so he shows her the dark saber. She talks about the Mandalorian heritage and the significance of the blade, which I think we're all familiar with here. But just the idea is that whoever wields it can rule all of Mandalore, which is what uh, um, right. uh, Mando says here. And he's half right apparently. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the armorer tells him that uh, you know about the blade and that it's cursed um, if it's not won in combat. Essentially, right? Yes. Now, what's interesting is that um, at the end of Mandalorian season two, of course, he tries to give it to Bo-Katan and she refuses to take it. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, we we were like, "What the what the hell, man?" Like at the end of of uh, the Clone Wars, Ahsoka yeah. just gives it to her, right? Or and Sabine. Right, uh, Sabine. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, she has no problem. Yeah, taking it. she has no problem yeah, taking it. Right, mm-hmm. and she has no. There's no issue there. Right, and then she holds it up, and everyone's like, "Woo!" Right. Yes. Um, and uh, and we're like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." Like, why? Like, what's the the rule change? And then we were wondering the same thing about the helmets. Like, why those these versions of the Mandalorians don't take their helmets off? All yeah, this exactly. stuff. So all this stuff is explained here. So again, this is where it's like, if you hadn't been watching the Mandalorian, this would be confusing, I think, to you. Um, so apparently because of that decision that Bo-Katan makes to accept the, the Darksaber as a gift that right. invokes this curse, which caught, mm-hmm. which they believe causes the night of a thousand tears, this great purge. Right. right? Yes. Yes. Um, and so he basically says, uh, you know, if, if the, if someone doesn't earn it in combat, the, it'll cause the, the Mandalorian people to be scattered to the four winds. Right. right. We also learned that the hilt is made of Beskar, which I don't think we knew before, but is a cool little detail. Yeah, I kind of like how he even says it's Beskar that he hasn't seen before, so it's different. Like, it's mm-hmm. Beskar, but it's even a form that he hasn't seen. And then, he, you know, she explains that, oh, yeah, like, it was forged by a Jedi Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, again, we know, but it's nice to right. have it re-explained here. And I think it's cool to have it explained in front of someone named Vizsla. So I think that yeah. I think that's interesting, right? <laughs> yes, yes. She talks about Tarvizla, who was that Jedi um, uh, Mandalorian hybrid, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he's allowed back. Mandalorian's allowed back into the covert after revealing that he completed his quest to deliver uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu, back to his own kind. Right. So mm-hmm. Welcome back. Now there's three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so while setting up the the forge that they had used to like, you know, that they used to 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 forge uh, uh, Beskar, um, Tar asked Mando how he got the dark saber. You can kind of see oh, his you little Paz. Paz here. Yeah, sorry, Paz. Um, he asked, you know, he's kind of like prying a little bit, you know. Oh yeah. And well, the second he like sees that dark saber, you can. I, 
obviously you can't see much because he has a helmet on, but you can tell he's very. Well, he holds it in two hands it. when he delivers it to uh, yeah. to the armorer, and even when the armorer gives yeah. it back to Mando, his like his gaze follows it. Like yeah. it's very, it's very, yeah. He he's very obviously it's got extremely a, interested. It's in got it. a it's got a like ring of power type allure to it, it and I'm to. sure to a Vizsla, he probably has a little bit of like that's my family, it's like right. it belongs to me right. for sure. Has a uh, yeah. Um, what's the name? What's his name from uh, Lord of the Rings? Uh, who betrays the fellowship? What the heck is his name? <sighs> I'm sorry, Smeagol. I'm really upset. I can't remember this. But anyway, in in, <laughs> in Fellowship of the Ring, um, one of the guys who betrays them because the the ring, you know, that he's a man. He, the ring, you know, he wants the power of the ring. It's kind of what's I feel oh, like I'm getting. Ned that. Stark. No, well, yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yeah. Yes. I can't remember the character's name, but Sean Bean, it basically betrays them. And that's the same vibe I'm getting from Tar Vizsla here. Yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. Um, so uh, anyway, he's talking about, uh, you know, where he got it. And he's saying that he, um, he defeated Moff Gideon um, in combat, right? To, to, to win it. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, okay. So what happened to Moff Gideon? Right. He's like, well, He's not dead, but he will be. Tr- he's he was taken by the New Republic to be, um, to interrogated and tried for his crimes, right? And uh, they're all like, "Well, I think you know he has the blood of millions of our kind on his hands. You know, death probably would have been a you know would have been justice in and of itself, right?" Um, yeah. And uh, I thought that was like, yeah, that's fair. I would understand why they would be. He should have probably just killed them, to be honest. Um, but I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> But whatever. Um, and he says, like, well, hey, you know, listen, if, if if that's true, he'll be executed for his crimes. Right. Apparently yeah. capital punishment still a thing in the New Republic. That's you fine. You can't kill characters if you want to maybe give them a, a way to escape. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think Moff Gideon is going to escape? Well, you never know. There's always that option. I right? feel like, like it'd be way cooler if he was like a uh, Hannibal Lecter type that they like question. Yeah, that's true. In, you know, yeah, but, no, for yeah, sure. But of course, Hannibal also also escapes but you know what i mean you know but that's what i mean like if yeah. you just kill a character then they're dead but if you kind yes. of leave it a little open ended this is the mistake that if you uh, need it this is the mistake that the MCU was making early on in its its life where it was murdering all its coolest villains <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like oh well i guess they can't come back right and yeah. now they've kind of learned from their mistakes there and they some of the cooler villains now kind of reemerge every now and then so um we'll see about Moff Gideon we'll see um, he also, so he's anyway, they're, they're talking about this stuff and he says that, um, he'll be executed. The armor talks about, you know, this mythosaur rising up and heralding a new age of Mandalore, but says, quote, sadly that only exists in legends, unquote. right? which I think is just a fun, like, I don't want to say jab, but like nod to the old extended universe stuff, which is now oh, I think it called absolutely legends. Is. Right? Yeah, I think it absolutely is, which is, I like it. It's cheeky and it gives you that little bit. If you already know right. that they call them that, it gives you that little bit of like, oh, okay, I get it. I guess. Do you think, yeah. did you, how did you take it as like a, it, it is obviously cheeky, but did you take it as kind of like, well, we're going to keep that version of the lore as quote unquote legends. Um, or, or we, do you think we're going to see the mythosaur comes up? A bunch of times in this episode, do you think um, we're going to see a mythosaur at some point? That'd be so cool if we did. I think it'd be very, very cool if we did. Um, I don't really know if it's canonized that they're extinct or not or what happened to them. So 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be very cool if we could see that, or at least maybe like a really cool skeleton at some point, or yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's going to be one in the mines of Mandalore. Yeah, the mines of Moria. <laughs> That's a good point. We've yeah. thought of of uh, Lord of the Rings crossover here. Yeah. Um, so I just also thought that her cool like toolbox with like the Mythosaur logo on it was like really dope. As she opens mm-hmm. it up, and her like hammers in there, super cool. Um, so. Here's the thing that is odd for me, and I think part of it is like this episode's like jam packed with lore and exposition, right? Now, typically that's not great, and it's hard to do well. I think most of this episode is done well, but there's some weird non sequiturs where it's just like someone's talking about something, and then all of a sudden we're talking about something entirely different. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's no natural segues, right? So they're talking about how. Moff Gideon deserves to be tried for his crimes. And the next thing you know, she's talking about the Mythosaur and it exists only in Legends. You're like, what? Okay. Right. And the next thing you know, she's, she, that's off the table and she's talking about where he got the best car spear, right? Yes, yeah. But so that's odd. There's another one that comes later when she asks, like, when she asks, hey, did you take your helmet off? And it's like, why are you asking oh. this now? It's very odd. Uh, I think. <laughs> why did you I wait till because, this moment? I think it's because of the duel that they just had, why she asks that. What do you mean? What? How does that explain why she would ask that? Uh, because I think it's about a little bit about winning the saber and being worthy of the saber and being a Mandalorian carrying it. So, well, I mean, except for the fact that they let them, they let him leave with the 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 dark saber, and he's yeah, quote, I mean, quote, he, no longer Mandalorian. And that's true. There's been other characters who've wielded who weren't Mandalorians as well. And like, no, yeah, so. it's true, but. Yeah, I don't know. It I just know. that would just feel like there's a weird non sequitur. Another one is this one where she's talking about the spear, and she's like, "Well, the the pure existence of it because it can pierce Mandalorian armor makes it a threat to Mandalorians, so it needs to be melted right. down, right? right?" Which I think is a kind of a cool idea. Although it Absolutely. makes it makes me think about like, are you telling me that that there's no best car weapons out there? That's like that's not a thing. Like, what do you mean? Uh- I, th- I feel like it is because I think it means that Mandalorians t- in, I mean, before now were the ones that kind of controlled Bezkar, right? I'm assuming it comes out right. of their minds. But like, and- so in no time, so is at one point during the history of the Mandalorians, there are thousands of years, they're like, no more weapons or there was weapons and then they stopped making them or it, like, what's the deal there? The way that I was thinking about it was like, okay, why would you make something? Like you're making this armor for a reason and that reason is to fight Jedi because you need something that can protect you against lightsabers. So why would you make a, a weapon that could then be used against you to kill you when you're specifically making well, like, what I'm wondering your is like to what, protect yourself? What, that's like saying, oh, well, hey, we made we made uh, our armor out of steel, so you can't make your swords out of steel. You know, like what's stopping guess, someone but- what's stopping someone from who knows how to work the armor, the the metal into making it into a weapon? Like to me, it's There's like There's no stopping we, it, but I, I understand why Mandalorians wouldn't want that. It's uh, yeah. maybe other people would, but yeah. Yeah, I can I I I understand it too, but it, it just raises a lot to me, it raises a lot of weird questions about like how that agree is this something that she just believes or is this something that all Mandalorians believe or what's the cuz like well, they are uh, Mando very... didn't seem to blink an eye when he got that spear. So No, for sure. I think it's probably a little bit more her specific 
zealoty right. sect her, of Mandalorians. It's her specifically right? saying, okay, yeah, this can't be allowed to... Especially her being like an armorer. She's like, no, like that's... this. It is. It was... Beskar was made or meant for just armor. Right. Like it's blasphemous to be making weapons out of something that can now penetrate the armor I worked so hard to make. Right. That's fair. So anyway, I don't... It doesn't... It really doesn't bother me that much. It was just something that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, she decides that she's going to melt it down. Um, he tells her that he got it as a gift from a Jedi and they use it to defeat Gideon because it can block a lightsaber. Um, and so she starts melting it down. Mando asks her if she's ever heard, and this is another non sequitur. <laughs> she's just like, Hey, have you ever heard of Bo Katan Kreese? And she's like, She's it's a cautionary tale. And he tells right. her, uh, sorry, and she tells him, uh, the story of how she tried to rule Mandalore based only on her blood and the sword, right? And right. that she had not won it by creed. So this is, I, I love the nuance here. It, it explains why we had those questions last season. And yeah, it, it does exactly. so in a satisfying way, at least for me. Was it satisfying to hear oh, that, it was that for you? Super, yeah. Like I liked it being explained and not in a, you know, spoon fed to us. Well, it doesn't, like, it is kind of spoon fed, but like it, it, I don't it think feels. So. Just it just like the way she does it. The actress who plays um, yeah. Swan, I think, is her name. Something Swan, Emily Swallow, not a Swan, mm-hmm. different bird. Um, so she, I think she's great here. I think she just has really good yeah. presence, and her voice is very cool. So she talks about how she it explains the whole thing, but it's like, and she really is recounting stuff. We if you've been watching Clone Wars and stuff, the stuff that you already know. So it, course, in some senses, yeah. it is just kind of being delivered to you. But it's done so in a very, I think, stylish way. So it it, it works. is, yeah. And she explains it very well. And I like her calling it a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Like she's not immediately like, oh yeah, fuck Bogotan. Like she ruined Mandalore. Like it's right. it's very much about it being like it, it's a curse. And you know, she did that. And and I feel like now Bogotan probably feels, believes about that. Curse she feels too. very sad about it because obviously yes. she lost the world. She says she was born of a mighty house. They lost mm-hmm. their way, and we lost our world. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, it, it, in context, I mean, this is all obviously it's everyone's perspective is slightly different, but, um, and her, this is obviously coming out of the mouth of someone who was, I think, obviously at this point, uh, uh, um, what's it called? The Night Death Watch? Watch. Death Watch. Death yeah. Watch. Yeah. Who was obviously oh, yeah. Death Watch, right? So she has a very specific view was. of how the world should work if you're Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff. So, it's hard to balance that. And of course you have Bo-Katan, um, her sister had a very different view, right? And she tries to take this balanced approach of being, of you know, of this, this warrior mentality, but also, you know, using diplomacy and it's not the only, there's, it's, she tries to balance it, but, right, and it, it all falls apart on her. And we don't really know, it says, she says that her rule ended in tragedy, but we don't know the story of that. We don't how, know how that happened. I'm sure no, we'll, exactly. I'm sure we will get to see it at some point. I don't know if it'll be flashback in live action or we'll see it in some animated show. Um, whatever, you know, uh, maybe in the, uh, the, the Rebels sequel, whatever that is. And uh, so that's interesting. That like opens up an interesting story to tell. But it, you get the impression that um, you don't necessarily have to believe that it's an actual curse so much as just this is, oh, no. it's really yeah, hard it's- to to try to change this this world, the empire didn't help, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. <laughs> and and that kind of takes us to, um, you know, her. But where she says, 
hey, you know, um, you know, if we weren't cloistered away on the moon of Concordia, which is how we, I mean, we already knew their Death Watch from last season's flashbacks and stuff like that. Right. But now we definitely know because that's where Death Watch was, right? And yes. um, that allowed them to survive the Great Purge. And now we get an actual flashback. Now, this is crazy, okay? Yes. Absolutely nuts. So we see in uh, uh, we see the moon in question. Concordia is in the sky, and then it pans down to reveal a Mandalore in live action for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and I, like I saw a tweet before I'd even seen the episode. I kind of wish I hadn't, but it, I just caught a glimpse of it. And I kind of looked away. It said we get to see Mandalore for live action for the first time, but at what cost? <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, so we see Thai bombers, hundreds of them. Dropping yeah. these these ordnance on onto uh, uh, onto the planet and mushroom clouds. It makes me think. Now I think it's not explicit, and they don't talk about nukes explicit. Like there, it, it's nuclear weapons or or atom bombs and that kind of stuff are sometimes referenced in Star Wars. Very rarely, the term okay. nuclear weapon is is used mm-hmm. very rarely, but. Um, it certainly looks like nuclear weapons. And then the way that they have, like, yes. first of all, it's a couple of things. This is obviously a homage to Terminator, like in yeah. every, <laughs> in every way, like the way that like, yeah. they have the, the, the K2 droids and the Viper droids, um, yeah. and the, the way that they pan the camera and everything. It's just all very judgment day Terminator stuff. So, and I think a lot of the decisions in for this, this flashback, are based around how can we pay homage to Terminator first and less about how does this make sense in the world necessarily. Although it, I think it does. So mushroom does clouds, sense to me, yeah. obviously in, in Judgment Day, in, on Terminator, they are nuclear bombs. Here they certainly look like them. The explosions are huge. It's crazy. Like they're massive. I, nothing really in we know as far as I'm concerned are... Uh, uh, I've never seen it. We, we can't conceive of a bigger explosion than an atom bomb. And that's kind no. of what we're seeing here. And well, I mean, outside of like the Death Star, but <laughs> well, yeah, but the, the Death Star explosion, which is kind of just like a big poof, and it's like gone. But that's like a planet killer, like it just vaporizes. Oh, right, it, exactly. Like, yeah, that's not, true. Yeah. it's not a bomb. And like no. so, and I think we're like this. I've heard people saying like, "Hey, this is just like the regular Tie bomber ordinance." I disagree. I don't think that's the case. You know, when we we saw Tie bombers bombing no. that uh, asteroid in Empire. Uh, when they're trying to find the Millennium Falcon, and they're just like these little blue, like proton bombs or whatever. And this is different. It's obviously different. It's, it's really. Devastating. I think it's also. I feel like it's different for a reason too. Right. Like, obviously, Mandalore was a huge threat, and so much of a threat that the Empire couldn't just do what they normally do, mm-hmm. where it's like using force or using their. Right, because you know, they're too militarized, it wouldn't work. Yeah, right? exactly. It's like there's there's too much going on. Like there there's too many. So it was just like, nope, this is like total planet kill without having to destroy the entire planet because they right. want the best car. They I want think. the best car. You're right. So this is yeah. like a middle ground. I think that's a great point. Yeah, it's um, like a complete organic kill. We're just gonna kill every single thing that's on here on this planet that's not a piece of metal. That we need exactly right. So I really love. So we see these. Like, it's just explosion after explosion. Um, it certainly looks. I think it's cool that they shot it at night because, as I said before, Mandalore during the daytime is boring to look at. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a desert, right? And uh, and so we even see. I think it's not clear. It's not hundred percent guaranteed, but 
we know that the um, the capital of Mandalore is Sundari. That's the place that we saw all that action happen at the end of um, uh, uh, the Siege of Mandalore, uh, at the end of Clone Wars. And uh, it, I'm pretty sure that's what explodes at the end. I think so, yeah. It's like their domed yeah, city there. Yeah, it's their domed city. It's really cool. So that's all exploded. Um, the, 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 the narration over here says, those, those born of Mandalore strayed from their path. Eventually, the Imperial interlopers destroyed all that we know and loved in the Night of a Thousand Tears. So this is our first glimpse of that, quote-unquote, Night of a Thousand Tears, um, the Great Purge. It, goes, it has a right. couple names, right? It's really cool looking, just also oh, quite sad. It's just devastating. Yeah, yeah. you see like the Mandalorian helmets laying on oh, the ground. Yeah, it's like the skulls. Yeah. Again, that's just like the skulls from Terminator. So <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, it, 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 it's just the coolest Terminator homage I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's in Star Wars, like, oh my God, like, hook it to my veins, yeah. you know? Well, and see, like, and that's the other part of it of like, I don't understand why people wouldn't think it was something like as bad as Atom Bomb because there's no stormtroopers there. There's no, it's all droids. Right. It's all droids. Because they the, can't yes, they, send exactly. humans. It's, there's yeah. radiation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, no, it's, it's messed up. They did something really messed up and it was so bad that they could only send droids there to collect that scar, like from the dead bodies, basically, right, of the Mandalorians, yeah. which is Oof. fucked. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, ugh. Ugh. yeah. Like, Empire's it's, bad. It gives you like the shivers. Well, like, it's like, like oh, you gotta that's be like, terrible. how do you, and like, and the thing is, what's even crazy, it's like, if, okay, so Gideon was responsible for it and he kind of talks yes. about that, you know, the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears with kind of like this, like, a little bit of glee, oh, yeah. like I don't know how you, how you, what kind of terrible person you'd have to be to be like, yeah, just nuke the whole planet. Well, know? exactly, and like that's also why you know I think Bo-Katan is like I like I want him, like I want to kill him because right. she's like like look what this person did, like that's not even in terms of Star Wars. He probably made her and, watch, like that's oh, how crazy. probably yeah, honestly yeah. probably like probably fought her, had her on her ship, was like oh yeah you can you can watch this happen, you know, just like horrendous, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's like there's some bad bad guys in Star Wars, and then there's like then there's really then there's like those guys. like Gideon, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really messed yeah. up. So anyway, really cool flashback sequence. Cutting back to the armor, um, and so she says the only those who walked uh, who walked the way escaped the curse prophesized in the creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, though our numbers were scattered to the winds, our adherence to the way has preserved our legacy for the generations. For the generations to come, until we can re- one day return to our home world. Right. Um, now, obviously, she question. reads it better than I do. Yeah, go ahead. So, when she talks about those who walk the way and basically Death Watch on the moon, I still think that there is like a a separate, extra little pocket of them that are like her. Like the, this is the way. Oh, the so you're saying that there's like there is like a there is a there was Death Watch and then there was. Um, these extra I, Death Watch. A little people. bit more because it's like... Because even what we Death saw, Watch like, took their helmets off. That was, that's what I yeah. mean. Yeah. And I mean, this is before that was kind of brought in. So give it what you want. But um, I do think that even her... I don't know what you want to call them because I guess they're Death they Watch. Are, and I have re- seen... They're religious zealots. That's what they yeah, are. Yeah. Like they're basically... Right. Exactly. Because I think that's what Bo-Katan calls them, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're a little bit, yes. mm-hmm. they're Death Watch, but even a little bit more like, ooh, like yeah, they're they're, they're the extreme extremists. Ex- yeah, they're the, the extreme religious zealots. They 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 take you know everything is the you know the Bible is literal is everything as it's said. exactly. Yes. So it's like you know 
that stuff is you know Death Watch. I still think they're even like a little bit more than even Death Watch was. Well, I think maybe and like more is maybe not the right word. Just they're just a little bit more. They're a little different. You know, like Death Watch yeah, had a, a very specific more, agenda, know. and they um they they kind of saw things in a specific way. These people, you know, the armor and you know wherever she came from, where I would love to see at some point is is like uh yeah like i is a whole yeah. different kind of mentality they're like they're, the thing, they almost right? like believed in like living on 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 the moon because that was like the right thing to do and all this other mm-hmm. like i don't know like it's just it's interesting anyway i kind of want to see the difference between like actual death watch and then like or like what them, happened did they know? split out were they all together and then they split yeah. off at one point because there was a difference so in opinion interesting yeah because i have seen people like talk about the little like horn she has on her helmet and kind of refer that to like the mall yes and it does look pretty cool if you ask me Mm -hmm. that like that would be a cool like connection i'm like i'm there for that let's just put it but at the same time i feel like she wouldn't follow someone who wasn't mandalorian i I agree i i would agree right but But we'll see i don't know who knows maybe maybe. she got caught up into it now she's like she has a different (laughs) yeah approach um anyway so uh we cut back to the armor they hit this whole the talking the sad thing and then and then again this after this tragic flashback we another non sequitur she asks what she should forge again um he says he this. wants something for a foundling oh, a so specific good. one he wants something for grogu he wants to make a little present um she's i think at first surprised um because she's like well grogu's no longer in your care right. he's back with his own kind um and then there's this, I think this really cool moment where she's like, you know, the Jedi need to forgo attachment so they can learn the ways of the force. Like right. she understands that as like a, a she obviously understands, she's very worldly apparently. Um, and, uh, and Mando's like, well, that's the opposite of our creed. You know, loyalty and yeah. solidarity are the way. And I just love how she's kind of like, you know, you're smarter than you look, Din. You know, mm-hmm. okay, fair enough. You've, that is a compelling argument. You've used my own <laughs> words yeah. against me, and I will I will allow it. You know. Yeah, I I really oh, fuck, I like this whole exchange. As soon as he asked for foundling thing, I, I wanted it to be like a tiny little Mando helmet. <laughs> That's a, yeah. I don't know if that with <laughs> little ear, with spot for ears to poke out. I don't you know. I don't know. Um, I wanted to have little metal ears. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's ears. no way. I think it'd be so cute. It would not be cute. It'd be look. It would look ridiculous. I will it would die. Look absolutely if ridiculous. If Grogu is in a little metal Mandalorian suit, I will die happy. But I think it's like chainmail. It is chainmail. It's hundred yeah. percent chainmail. And by the way, chainmail is cool. a really cool idea. For, yeah, for something different, like yeah. a Jedi, is kind of cool to have like a chainmail that he could put under his robes. Maybe right, or, exactly. You know? Yes, I think that's really cool. So, yeah. um, and it protects him against lightsabers. So it's also that lightsabers like, think, and blaster fire, and yeah. like it just it's a smart practical present so exactly i think you know mando is just thinking like i want him to be protected like he's going to be a jedi and i want him to be protected against everything right what about uh what about when it comes she like packages up into a little bag that looks like his head it looks like his head (laughs) you know that kind of stuff gets me yeah just like i think it's like it's a little on the nose like do really like (laughs) he's like reminded of grogu left and right Uh, and he's got this little like come on i think that's funny right i loved it i thought it was adorable um, so we then have this like weird transition and it looks like some time has passed because I guess his leg is feeling a little bit better. Um, and Mando is training with the dark saber with the armor and she's calling out numbers, um, in Mandoa, which is, I guess, a lost Mandalorian language. Mm-hmm. Or I guess not lost. It's obviously not entirely lost, but not really spoken anymore. 
We'll um, be here in Rebels, apparently. Do we win? Uh, when Kanan is training with Sabine, teaching her how to use the saber. I thought he. No, I, I thought he was just. Tell, I thought he was just calling out one, two, three, four in. in Galactic was he? Basic. I thought. She, oh, maybe I thought she was saying it. I thought I saw someone say that they used the Mandalorian. They, 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 she they was were, saying the ones. Com, I think they were comparing that that she's oh. calling out numbers here, and that's what that's what Kanan was doing with Sabine. Okay, that's the connection. my bad. I misunderstood. Right. I don't know if we've heard Mandoa before. It's referenced. It's like comes from like video games or uh, role playing gotcha. games or something like that. Um, so anyway, she's one through four, uh, right? The different like positions, right? Different mo- motions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's really cool. I love how he's like he's going and then he falls off the platform. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then he just flies back up with a jetpack. So that's cool. So that kind of answers our question from before, I guess. Yeah. Um, so. He, and then he just starts talking about how he feels like the blade is getting heavier with each move, which is a concept that I had not thought of before. I've never considered that. Yeah, which it makes sense when you go back and watch yeah. him fighting with it in the meat shop. It, like, it looks like it's getting heavier right. every time he swings it. Sabine also says that when she's training with it too. She feels, she says it feels heavy, right? That it's heavy, yeah. And Kanan was, it's like, yeah, it's like it's a heavy weapon and it's because... You, you know, you've got to connect with it. It's about, you know, yeah, I, I think it was made by a force user. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a really fascinating idea. I've never thought about the Me idea too. that, that the web, that the lightsaber itself would be, would fight against the user. If it, there wasn't connection between the user and the, and the, uh, the Kyber yeah. crystal, you know, it's like the elder wand. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw that in my, in my, uh, screen crush. Uh, in, like, in my defense thing. I said that before I watched the screen crush thing because Adam and I were talking about, you know, the... Uh, right, and they're like, oh, look, the, the Elder Wand. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was like, see, it's the Elder Wand. <laughs> okay, I, like, so I said the same thing today. So there you go. You get feel you get, the, you get that one. You can own that yeah, one. Yeah, because we were talking about how, like, who actually technically would have the rights to the the Darksaber, like, chronologically what we right. see because Sabine just finds it on Dathomir and it would be Ahsoka because Ahsoka defeated Maul. Well, Maul we don't know had. what happened between that time and like we yeah, don't know how that works. Ahsoka you know? was the last person to defeat Maul when he. Yeah, but we don't know. But position. we also don't know what happened with the blade in that That's ten year true. span. Like That's who knows? True. I guess someone what, else could have beat him up. Yeah, like there's could have there's other things that could have happened. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um. So I and and I don't think it's necessarily connected to. I I don't think it's only connected to one person. No, I don't think so. I think it's it just, not like it has a loyalty. Exactly. Like it just needs to, you you as a user need to connect with it in some way. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she, he's not, obviously. She talks about how um, he's fighting the weapon, he's fighting the blade, and he should be fighting his opponent, right? And he's right. too, if he tries to fight the blade, he's too weak and the blade will win, right? Uh, which I think is a really, again, fascinating, kind of cool, almost magical uh, fantasy concept. Um of course, we mentioned already. This calls back to when Kanan was training Sabine, which is a really. I would. I would. Love to, I think I should go back and rewatch that episode. Um, he, I think he says it's old and a powerful weapon, uh, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so he wants to go again. He's like, okay, I didn't. I'm not getting it, but let me go again. Um, I love all the details, by the way. Like anytime the blade touches anything, it's cutting it or me- like melting it or something. You yeah. know, like he's trying to pick it up and he's like cutting a hole in the plank as he tries in, to in the floor. Yeah, yeah. it's just really cool. Um, and, uh, he said, she says that your body is strong, but your mind is distracted. And that mm-hmm. I, I love this line, by the way, which is like this kind of like, uh, uh, um, patience without insight will lead to the same outcome, which is like, you know, that, uh, 
you try something over and over again with this without changing anything. You know, it's like yeah. a definition of insanity kind of thing. <laughs> definition I, of sanity. Yeah. yeah I, I like, like I love too. that. I just persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome is mm-hmm. a like brilliant line. I mean, I know that it's being like reworked from that same idea, but it just the yeah, way it's it being executed is really great. I really like that too. I thought yeah. it was a very cool way to, to re-say that, but in a in a different way. And because it it's really funny because I think about this all the I think about that idea all the time where it's like, if no one tells me how to do this the right way, I'm just gonna keep messing it up. It doesn't matter how many yeah. times I try to do like when I'm trying to learn a new skill in hockey, for instance, if some, mm-hmm. if no one gives me a pointers or what I'm doing wrong or, or, you know, whatever, I'm just going to, it's just, I'm going to keep going down a path of, of failure and it yeah, won't change exactly. unless I've given new and, information. So, well, for sure. And like frustration and all yeah. that, which I'm, I'm assuming Amanda was feeling because yes. he's frustrated that this blade won't work and he's getting a lot of cryptic shit here. Yeah, he's right. not really getting any, <laughs> but hey, right, like which maybe. insight are you providing here? Other than your body well, is strong, but your mind is distracted. Right? Yeah, yeah. But maybe we'll see him go to Grogu and then maybe a Jedi can kind of give him some points. Well, and maybe like, this no. is like, here's something that just came to mind. This is a really cool idea that I've never thought of before. Um, you know how we talk about how, you know, even in this episode, she says that, you know, the, to learn the ways of the force, Jedi must forego attachment. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and he's talking and she's saying like, Hey, you know, your body's strong, but your mind is distracted. So yeah. he's distracted by his attachment to Grogu. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. what's causing him to fail with the, with, with the blade. So maybe there's a connection between your ability to connect with your blade, your lightsaber, and your your willingness to be detached from from distraction. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think that's a cool connection there. Mm-hmm. He's got to learn a little bit of Jedi Jedi right. training. Maybe she maybe you should do some meditation as you tried. Yeah, <laughs> as you tried that. Um, okay, so where were we? Uh, okay, yeah. So he's. Uh, they basically give up. Uh, hearing this, Paz Vizsla suggests that it may belong, uh, maybe it needs to belong to someone else, you know? And he reminds mm-hmm. Din that, you know, it was his ancestor who forged it originally, and so he, charges, he challenges him to a duel, right? Um, he, and I love how he's like, you did win it in combat, right? <laughs> he's like, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. And he's like, well, as per the rules, then I challenge you. <laughs> he's yeah, like, okay, fine. All right. <laughs> and so, and the, 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 I like how, you know, the man armor is like, do you accept the duel? And he's like, yeah, of course. This little punk <laughs> who's huge. By the way, I've, I've, you've heard not aware, Paz Vizsla is played by John Favreau. He does not get yeah. a credit in this. Of course, he has. Oh, he other, doesn't. Well, not an acting credit because he has other credits in this. He's oh, already a producer I and see. a writer. So. I was curious if they have somebody else doing the stunts. They might. Or if they he's might. just doing the voice and they have a different person in the suit. They, I don't know. It sure looks like John Favreau, like body shape wise. See, but that, and I was kind of trying to figure that out because I'm like, okay, like John Favreau is like a, a big guy. He's a but big he's guy. More of like a, he's a chubby dude, right? So yeah. no offense to John Favreau, but like, and this Mandalorian looks a little bit like he's a, little, a little more jacked. Well, it's kind hard of? to tell underneath the armor. It's, but it's but, hard to tell under the yeah. armor. But I mean, like when Boba put his armor on at the first time. Yes, that's true. He did look very chubby. He but looks kind of like But this armor is designed but, to fit someone of that yes, body type. of that one's so, size. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. So I was just kind of like, I wonder if it's like a different person or if it is him because it's hard to tell in the, the mm-hmm. whole Mandalorian suit. But because well, he looks, I don't know it's how tall is John in real life. I don't know, but it's almost certainly someone doing the stunts for him, but yes. I think he's probably he, when it's just like dialogue scenes or whatever, I bet you he's under sense. there. I bet. Yeah. Cause know. he looks huge, like tall. Too, I think John Favreau's pretty big guy. I think he's a pretty big guy. Oh, is he tall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was like, even when Din Djarin, like he looks slight and short. Compared John to this other dude. 
Favreau height. Height. <laughs> it's going to give you it in meters. And 1.85 meters, whatever that means. I don't means. know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's, that's over six feet, I think. Hold on. Hey, Siri, convert 1.85 meters <laughs> to feet. Yes. Put John Favreau height in feet. 6.7 feet. So 6.7? No. 6.07 feet. Oh, 6.07. Okay. So he's like just he's like just, just over, over six, feet. six feet. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think like 1.8 is six feet. So well, I don't know how meters work with height. Yeah, I, me I can I can measure meters lengthwise. We're supposed but not to know. Up-wise. We're Canadian. But. Yeah, but it's don't worry about it. <laughs> um anyway, so uh there's the there's a fight sequence here. Um, and I love that it's on this like thin plank, very like Mortal Kombat style, you know, like 2D fighter. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, they each remove their jetpacks, which I think is like a kind of, kind of this like kind of cool Western standoff style. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, Mando pulls out the Darksaber and Paz pulls out a vibroblade and a shield generator on his arm, which is really dope and also reminds me of uh, the Battlefront 2 and stuff like that. You see those kind mm-hmm. of shields, arm shields. Um, so there, there's a, the fight sequence is, I think, pretty pretty cool it's not that long but there's some like cool moments in it where like paz is kind of using his like strength to overpower him it right. looks like mando's gonna lose with like paz kind of picking up the dark saber and kind of mm-hmm. trying to wield it but also looks very heavy for him too right yes yes and uh you know mando uses his own vibro blade he kind of gets in close and finishes him off he has a yeah. knife point um i love when by the way when uh when paz tried to like block the 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 saber with his his own blade and just cuts it in half it I just cuts it in yeah. half hey that's yeah fun stuff it's super good I, I like somebody referred to like the the way mando kind of ends up winning mm-hmm. is called like death by a thousand cuts yeah or well he's he getting he's like getting him in the chin and he's getting yeah, him in, like, he the slices him all over yeah. and then and then yeah it's basically like the reason paz loses because he won't drop the saber like he yeah. could have kept fighting without it but he wouldn't and, right yeah um Mando wins and uh, has Paz at knife point. And then for some reason, the armorer asks if they've ever removed their helmets. Yeah. And Mando reveals that he has he has removed it after this like pregnant pause where he's like, mm-hmm. she's like, you have to tell me. And he's like, oh shit. He should have just lied yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think he No, could. because here's the Which thing. Which is, yeah. For me, it's like, this is all about trying to like, he he left this group we had, and he got Grogu and he went on this long adventure yes. and he grew as a person. And he's trying to mm-hmm. return to, you know, the, the, you can't ever, you know, that saying you can never go home again. Ever heard that? Right. Right. Yes. He tries to go back to this and he, it's not really fitting as he's, as he used to. Cause in his mind, he was hundred percent justified for removing his helmet, you know? Um, oh yeah. A couple times to make, to, to kind of complete his mission. So yeah, he kind of had to. So right, he took it off at least I'm thinking, okay, at least twice, maybe three, three, once in season one, twice in season two. So um, yeah. So I, you know, he at what, and it looked like he was getting more used to it, especially as he was meeting other Mandalorians who did, and yeah, like which that. is kind of interesting. Yeah. Why he's a little bit more reverting back to. Well, where else would you go? You know what? I don't know. Like it's. I thought I like you'd be he, hanging out with uh, with Bo Katan and stuff. That's kind of what I thought, but I, I guess maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. It's kind of his whole journey of sort of finding himself and figuring out mm-hmm. what kind of Mando he wants to be. I guess, but. It's just interesting to me that it it seems like it matters to him again when it I kind of seemed like he I think he he's was letting that go a little bit. Yeah, but. I think he's trying it on. He's kind of like, hey, yeah, well, yeah. I know this. I'm comfortable with this. You know, can I can I go back to that? And I guess the answer right. is no. Right. Yes. And I well, you know, it's, it's maybe it's you got to go. It's a maybe. To the, right. And yeah. I love how, by the way, 
he's like, okay, well, well, you know, please forgive me. And she's like, the only way uh, to to redeem yourself is to uh, is in the living waters in the mines beneath Mandalore. Whatever the living whatever the living waters means, whatever doesn't matter. Um, cool. And he's like, I hope he goes. But there. the mines have been all destroyed, is what um, <laughs> he says to her. And I love her response, which is like, this is the way. That's the yeah. <laughs> well. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, listen, I don't make the rules. You know, you gotta go back there. You gotta go, go back there, up. right? And yeah. uh, I just and and by the way, I love when he's like, she's like, you're a Mandalorian no more, right? And uh, he's like, well, what do I do? And then John Favreau passes yeah. like, leave apostate. Yeah, you know? I know. Just like <laughs> turns on him so fast. Um, yeah. like, he'd already kind of turned on him anyway. No, so oh, apostate, yeah. a person who renounces a religious or political belief or principle. Quote, mm-hmm. after 50 years as an apostate, he returned to the faith. That's right. the, the, the definition of what apostate hmm. is. So I just think I love when people use that type of term terminology in like in, yeah, in, in pop culture it, and stuff. It's it was cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he leaves and the armor doesn't even look at him. I can, yeah. Do you get the impression that she's kind of like she's upset, like she's not happy about this? She kind of like she wishes she could <sighs> forgive him. But no. it's just not the it's just not possible. No, you know? I don't. I think she's very emotionless. I don't think she really. really yeah, I get I, my feeling from her is everything's very by the cut book. and dry. Right. It's this is the way it's like, yep, you've done this. Now this happens. If you want to fix it, do this. It's like, I don't think she has a lot of emotion. Uh, I, think, really. I don't not, think I don't know. I, get, emotion, I don't get but, I get the imp- and it's hard to tell because you don't see her face ever. But I, I, I mm-hmm. the way I think the way she deals with man with Din is is a little different. She kind of yeah. gives him a little bit of a le- a little bit of leeway, and um, and tries to guide him in the and hopes she he makes the right decisions. I think she yeah. was. I think she feels a little disappointed in him, but I I, I get the impression that Maybe, she's not yeah. like she she's not completely emotionless i don't get i don't get that impression. fair enough yeah i, I maybe not emotionless is the bat is a bad word or a bad way to explain it but i just get a very like i don't know maybe kind of like stoic and well that's she's true. just she's just not overly i don't think she feels overly any one way ab- about it right kind of well i mean she doesn't like look at him more like a doesn't look at him like a neutral sort of priest type way right? right where it's you go to a priest and you confess your sins and yada yada and they tell you what you can do to atone right. for them, right? Three Hail so, Marys and a... Yeah, um, I get a little bit more of that where she's not necessarily judging him. She's just stating the way it is and what he needs to do to, if he wants to be welcomed back right. kind of thing. So um, she could, if she was upset about it, she could just be like, nope, there's nothing. Bye. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she, like she's, I don't think she's not upset as so much as she's just, I think, disappointed. Right? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so he leaves, um, and we see Mando boarding a transport to Tatooine, and he is stopped by a security droid, and this is like the <laughs> same like type of droid that you see on Star Tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's a connection to the, what they're doing at Disney World and all that stuff. I don't care necessarily, but oh, yeah, um, it's just a fun like earth analog where it's like you have to the the, <laughs> the indignity of having to remove your shoes and all that kind of stuff yeah where you he's have to check your weapons yeah exactly so he has to check all his weapons and i just like there you know it's this is the first time we've seen this but like this idea it reminds me a little bit of of like the matrix when you kind of reveal how many, you he walks through that um the uh, uh metal detector and he's got all those guns on him or whatever <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like that where it's like he's got it you, you're pulling out 
you're pulling out all your weapons, the knives from different places and, yeah. the, gu- and the guns from different places. I think it's such a fun little like uh, 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 gag, basically. It is. Where he's got like, he's like, moves all of his whistling birds and he's got his, the, the dark saber. He's got a sidearm. Yeah. He's got another sidearm. He's got his rope. He has to remove his rope from his, uh, <laughs> yeah. his like all that stuff. He's like, grab- yeah. like, I love this. It kind of like, reminds me, I feel like we see these scenes every once in a while in you know, like a gangster movie or yes. something else where someone has to take all their, their weapons mm-hmm. out before they go talk to the big boss. And like, they have so much stuff on them that you're right. like, and, then, and then they still insane. have, and then they, they still have one hidden somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Did you think his stuff was going to get stolen? Well, so here's I the did. thing. Like I, I was like, why even show us this? If you're, if there's not going to be any repercussion to it. And he's like, I know yeah. everything that's in here. Right. And then he goes and he gets it and he's all there. Yeah. You know, if that's the, if that's the case, I'm like, okay, well, maybe then um, it was just a it's just a fun gag and it's over. Yeah. The one other thing is like we didn't see him use the dark saber after. Maybe there's a replica. It's been swapped out for a for a fake. Yeah. I, unlikely. Maybe, but, unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just thought it was funny because as soon as I saw him doing that, I'm like, you idiot. I'm right. Like, you shouldn't like exactly all of his stuff. You're like the, we just right talked about how important the dark saber is. And you're just going to yeah. leave it with this droid. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be so pissed off if he loses all of his stuff right now. <laughs> well, it, would be, it would be very cool video game style to do that. I, like, oh yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, you've lost all your things now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I like how, um, She's the droid's like, well, you can talk to my supervisor and I'm happy to book you on tomorrow's flight. Tomorrow, he's just like, okay, whatever. He's like, oh, all right. Um, so that's good stuff. And so he places all his weapons in the secure case, um, including the saber. Aboard the flight, we see another Astromech serving drinks. By the way, same Astromech serving drinks as the one in the in the bar. I could tell from <laughs> yeah. the, from the, the markings, the coloring. Okay, yeah, they're just give it a paint job at least. Come on, guys. All right. Uh, um, so there's an astromech serving drinks, and then he's like, he's getting all sad, and then he sees this young green uh, Rodian that I guess reminds him of Grogu, and he pulls out the little mm. present he has, and he's like, oh, yeah. I miss you. Um, so, and then I just like, it, it, <laughs> they introduced this like Starliner, like, uh, you know, commercial travel two episodes ago, <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's yeah. a cool design ship. And then I just didn't think we'd see it again so soon, but I guess it makes sense. You reuse the model. So, um, yeah, he's I kind of like, like seeing yeah. what commercial travel looks like in right? Star Wars. It's kind of neat. You don't, yeah. you never really see it. You always see people being like, oh, "Okay, we're take, we're hopping on this freighter." Or they or already have their own ship. Someone, every, you know, so yeah, exactly. so and so ship, but we don't just see like normal, regular day. Yeah, like what's travel. the bus? Like what's the yeah, bus look like? You it's know? super, super cool. Yeah. We're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that there would just be like a literal like not everyone has ships. Right. Like, oh, you want to go to Tatooine? Got to catch the ten thirty bus. Non-stop <laughs> service to Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so we get to Tatooine and by the way, there's like half of the episode is already gone by this point. And you're like, what a mm-hmm. crazy, like, are we, is Boba Fett even going to appear? The answer is no, but we didn't know that at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as he's deplaning, he retrieves all his weapons. Nothing appears to be missing. Um, and it, it doesn't appear that he's like coming off the same flight that we saw from two weeks ago, um, from two episodes ago. Cause that, I mean, mm-hmm. I could see the fun bit there where he's like, oh yeah, this is the same flight. We just didn't see that from, you know, from our perspective oh, when gotcha. we're dealing with it. But yes, it, I don't yes. think that's the case. And especially when mm-hmm. it says nonstop service. So like there could be flights coming in every day. So yeah, of course. Um, anyway, so he comes up, he comes off the, 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 the ship and then we cut to Peli Motto's garage. We see a BD droid. How cool is that? Oh, uh, so cool. Very cute. Yeah. Similar to the one we see from Jedi Fallen Order. Not yeah. clear. I guess if it's the same droid, I think that'd be a little bit ridiculous. It would be stupid. I think I agree. Like, yeah, like not every droid needs to be a droid we've seen somewhere else. Yeah, like it's I like it for sure. I like these little things. Like, oh, haha, that's cute. Like he looks like 
the other BD droid. Yeah. That's fine. But I feel like it would be a little bit ridiculous if it's the exact yeah, same droid. That would be. Although it does have a lot of the same mannerisms, but I mean, maybe we all do. So it's anyway, so he's being attacked by a romp, uh, womp rat. Um, <laughs> Peli is, and by the way, we've never seen a real womp rat before. This is the first one. We first, yeah. first mentioned in A New Hope and we've never seen them. So this is the first time. You know, he does mention they're no, not much bigger than three meters, which was, I always thought was big. I was like, that's like, huge. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> but remember, cause like in the, cause in New Hope, he's like, you know, uh, we used to, we used to bullseye womp rats back in my T16. They're not much bigger than three meters, you know? Um, yeah, and I was like, like, that's really big. And so it turns out they are really big. They're just giant yeah. rats. So, um, so Pelly's chasing it. She's got her droids with her. She's asking the droids for help. Um, but they kind of refuse. And I like, by the way, I like when they're like, what do you mean? You can't say no. What is this? Yeah. A democracy? <laughs> um, and which obviously raises the, uh, the whole like question mark around like droid rights in, in Star Wars, which oh, yeah. is a, it's a big murky subject that I choose not to get into on a very regular basis for whatever uh-huh. reason. Solo decided it was going to make that a whole subplot of its whole movie, but Oh, right, right. right? Yes. Anyway. Um, so he, uh, it, it looks like Pelo Pelly's like getting like about to be eaten. Um, yeah. and it's like classic, like horror sequence where it's like, she's being like pulled back, but it's all being played for laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mando shows up and shoots it, saves her. And then she's like, Hey, look, everyone, Mando's here. And then all the droids yeah. are like, bwomp, Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <laughs> I love when they make dr- yeah. sad droid noises. Well, they're just like, who oh. cares? Yeah. <laughs> look, more danger. Great. <laughs> so mean to yeah. them beforehand. Yeah. 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 Although, Mando's nice to droids, so I don't really know what they're complaining about. She's the one who's he, mean to them. He wasn't nice to them the first time he met. Well, them. that's true. He does. He, he does like, shot at them and told them to get away from his stuff. Like he was just like, no, no droids. Well, actually, that's actually you know what? That's before. a good point. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Yeah, yeah. Forget, I was like, what he are had you a whole. About? He had a whole uh, like phobia. Like, the whole first, the yeah. whole first season, he hated droids. He hates so. no droids. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now. yeah. <laughs> um. So okay. Yeah. Fair enough. He's he's kind of he's he's growing as a person. Okay. Yeah. And Aunt Mondo's here. Anyway, so she asks, you know, why he's there, which I think is a funny question, right? It's like, what do you mean? What, what, what do you? Mean? I got your message. You called me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. and she's like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, no, 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 replacement for the Razor Crest, of course, of course. And she's like playing it cool. It's like, oh, do you bring the money? <laughs> and then, and then she's like, do you mind if I count it? It's not because I don't trust you. I just don't want you know. I don't want you to overpay me. <laughs> which I think yeah. is such, which is such a hilarious line. I and, and she's really growing on me. I, th- I didn't love her at first as a really? character. Really, I, I always really liked her. I, I really kind of like these like quirky, like you know, she's like just this quirky middle aged woman hanging I, out on Tatooine. I like her a little rough around the edges. Yeah, well, super rough around the edges. And yeah, I, I like just her. I think Amy Sedaris is just doing a brilliant. She's just very charming. It's really hard to not grow yeah. to like her. She's um, so funny. Yeah, there's everything she says. I hate her haircut. I just so really funny. don't love the perm. But you know, what am I? What are <laughs> That's you gonna such do? A weird. Thing I just, don't, I just like it's like it's so it's such a crazy hairdo. I, <laughs> you know, it's Star Wars. Oh whatever. God. It's just so. Fu- I know. I know. It's petty. I get it. Um, yeah. No, it's pronounced Pelly. Um, I don't like her haircut. So <laughs> I think she's coming around on me. <laughs> she's growing on me. I'd um, like her better if you had prettier hair. Uh, I never said prettier. You said pre- don't put words in my mouth. Less ridiculous hair would be how I would phrase it. You know. Um, so she's anyway. She's kind of like she's all over the place. It's hard to track everything she's talking about all the time. Um, she asks about Grogu. She's like she's upset. She's like, oh, 
I could have made so much money. You got to open a petting zoo or whatever. Yeah, the, so the idea funny. of a Star Wars petting zoo is pretty funny as well. But, um, I would 100 percent go to that. Okay, but what's so. okay? You go to a Tatooine. You go to a Tatooine petting zoo. What's there? You've got a a a, 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 a bantha. A bantha. Okay, that's one. Obviously, you can have a bunch of stuff all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, sure. One of those uh, four, one of those four some... armed lizards that almost kills people. That almost kills yeah. Boba. I want to say a loth cat, but what are they called? Tech. Tuka. Uh... Tuka. Tuka. Tukas. Yeah. yeah. Some a bunch of tukas. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. One of those couple of those scurriers uh, and a yeah. Wampa. Yeah. There you go. Those lizard and, dogs. And, yeah. And a uh, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and and a uh, and a baby Yoda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she shows him the ship that she has in mind and reveals that it's an N one Naboo starfighter. And yeah, I cool. jumped out of my seat. I thought that was so, so cool. cool. And for a hot second, I thought it was going to be like a pod racer. Like when she's I also thought because like I've looked at the yeah. thing and like oh, that looks like a pod. I'm like, how does a pod racer like, replace his <laughs> ship? I know. I was like, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, is that a fucking pod <laughs> yeah, racer? Yeah, like if that if he, I was like, he oh, okay, no, opens that up and it's Anakin's fucking pod racer. I'm gonna yeah. lose it. And yeah, it was wasn't good. that? Was that wasn't the case, but. Um, it's just as no, silly. Very cool. And so it's N one, an N one Naboo starfighter, and at first he's not impressed. <laughs> she's like, "Well, do you want your credits back?" She's like, "Well, yeah." She's like, yeah. "She's like, well, fine." <laughs> I don't think she was expecting that answer. Um, and he's like, "Well, it's like it's he, he just wants another Razor Crest, which is like I think very very cute." He's like, "Well, it's not the ship that I had before." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, it's it's got to be kind of hard to go from like such a big ship like, to room for just ship. you. Yeah. Yeah. To just like a little, you know, a little, I what do you call it? Like a fighter, right? It's, it's a fighter. A fighter yeah. Ship. So like he had yeah. a, he had a gunship before and had space. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a ship that you can like live on. No, like you can't have a quarters in it. You yeah. can't. Yeah. <laughs> How are you like, where are you storing your, uh, your, your bounties. carbon, carbonite bounties, yeah. you know, like, and, and like, I would like, imagine if you had like a little trailer attached to it, like with a little like electro connector, you know? I hope he does. That'd be so yeah. funny. It's like a, a little sidecar. <laughs> um, he's just carrying around. He's got a like he's got a little RV pulled behind it. Um, so he, she tells him, she's like, well, hey, let, let me tell you about the ship, right? And she says it's like it's handmade, no droids. Um, which she, which she, she's like, you don't like droids, right? So look, no droids, handmade. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's from the old Galactic Republic, so pre-Empire, off the grid. Right, I like very I, important. I love. She's like, you know how hard it is to find parts from the old Galactic Republic. You know, I, I like. I just like that line. She, it's just a fun thing to to nod to. She, she's gonna add custom modifications to make it faster than a father, which is of course a reference to the Last Jedi. Um, it can jump to hyperspace without a docking ring, which I think is yeah. a really funny thing to note. Anyway, it feels like this one's a bit weird because it's like an X-wing can jump to hyperspace without a without a docking ring. So, right. you know, it's like, is this supposed to be, a, is it, am I supposed to be impressed by that? You know, I think that's you, like I saying, think, ooh, power windows, <laughs> you know? No, but I think it's because most of these smaller ships don't have that. That's true. So like, you know, like TIE fighters can't really, yeah, they always come out of but other I ships. Think, like it's usually these smaller one passenger ships don't often, right. other than X-wings and like military ships, right? So it's hard well, to X, find I think the part ships. of the, the X-wing, the part of it's, biggest like what makes it so good is that it can jump out jump to hyperspace yes. so you can do That's, these guerrilla style tactics where you hit and run right exactly and, it's uh, a little bit more military to have that where it's yeah. like the average smaller sh- ship that like a regular person would have isn't going to have it so right so she's got she's saying look in, look at this it's going to be great it's a classic you got to see the potential which 
This to me feels like it's kind of like a knowing nod to the Phantom Menace to begin with. Like it's just saying, look at the Phantom Menace. It's a classic. You got to see the potential because you know how so many people don't like the Phantom Menace. I think it, we just talked yes. about this. I think it is way better than people give it credit for. Um, I think it is too. Yeah. yeah. So I like I like that that come it, whether it's 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 meta or not it doesn't matter. Um, so she's like she convinces him to make up his mind uh, to not make up his mind until after it's put together and and then starts getting to work and recruits him to help. Um, I, I there's this there's this moment in this episode where that happened and he's like gives her the money for the thing he's he's really at this point completely free of all obligation. You know, he yeah. he's he's been kicked out of the Mandalorians. The the you know, um he owes no one any debts. He he knows Grogu is safe and he he's not with him anymore, so he doesn't have to worry about that. And I had this moment where I'm like, imagine not having to do anything. You could just do whatever you want. And I thought there was just like this moment of yeah. pure freedom. He's like, Okay, yeah, I'll help build a ship. I don't know how long it'll take. It they make it look like they do it in an <laughs> afternoon. I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's that fast, but probably not. You know, like I just I love that. Um, that I I don't know if that's intentional in the show, but I just felt like this like this real moment of freedom where he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll help you out. Um, he starts to work under the ship. There's BD's flashlight. And he's like, no, look over here, and he's just like, concentrate. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah, it is really cute. Um, and uh, Pelly gets a new part. Uh, basically, this it's a turbocharger slash supercharger type uh, piece of machinery. Um. Mando is surprised that like how she got it. She's like, well, how'd you do that? And she's like, well, it came from the Jawas, you know, uh, yeah. who can basically get anything. <laughs> yeah. I love this. And then she I learned that she dated season. a Jawa. Uh, it's incredible. And that there's super furry uh, under there. Gross. Yeah. And she makes this weird, like, like, like yeah, with her teeth. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was uh, cracking uh, up. Uh, I loved it, especially when she starts speaking Jawaese or whatever yeah. later. I'm like, well, oh, I thought I that's too funny because having a human speak Jawa is like hilarious it's because amazing. the face has to make all these weird and like because like yeah. and honestly anyone could do it. We're like, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. but it's seeing Amy Sedaris do it is like top notch comedy. So funny, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> she just everything about this whole interaction with the Jawas yeah. is so funny when they like. I don't know. They just waddle up after. There's like the short little chubby one. and I Yeah, just, I think for me, oh. I think a lot of this feels like, okay, we've got to know her. We kind of understand who she is as a character. It, this is one of those moments where it's just fun to hang out with somebody. To hang out. Mm. Mando and her are just hanging out. They're just, they're yeah, just absolutely. being buds. And I think that's like some of the best stuff is when you get you, you get those moments. Um, there's, there's an episode of Hawkeye, right in the middle of Hawkeye, where it's just him and, and uh, uh, Kate Bishop just hanging out together and they're watching movies and trying out stuff like that's the fun stuff for me yeah so absolutely. that's what this is well, it feels and it's, a little bit yeah. more like real right? yeah it feels like really grounded and yeah. she feels like yeah. a real person and with like a uh-huh. with a past and and it is interesting an interesting yeah. character um so she's yeah, she's dated one she starts <laughs> talking in in jawa um and uh <laughs> Mando like basically says, "Hey, you know, yeah, put a wish list together, and they'll see what they can do, right?" Yeah, I love how he's like, "What do you mean they just get stuff? Like, you just <laughs> yeah. tell them what to yeah, get, and they yeah. just bring it to you." She's like, "Yeah," yeah. and then I let them root through my dumpster. Yeah, and it's just like he's unfathomable to him. Like, yeah. what the hell? Like, how? Like, where do they get it? Exactly. She's like, "I don't ask, De- and they don't tell. Ask no questions, hear no lies, right?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, he wants speed mods. He's like, I love this part where he's like, he's like, "I think I want aftermarket. I want aftermarket speed mods." 
Uh, yeah. It looks like we're going to need uh, some vintage hyperspace tech if it's going to fit into this thing. And she's like, mm. oh, you do care, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, I just, and he's like just really into it. He's kind of nerding out, car nerding out. Yeah. And then there's this really brief line where she starts talking to the Jawas again and they're like, ask her something. She's like, you know what? That's okay. I'm working on myself right now. I know. It sounds like one of them asked her <laughs> yeah, out, which is I know. incredible. I know. She, and then she just blows him off with the, I'm working it, on myself right now. Uh, I uh, love it. Yeah, it's Every good stuff. female can pretty much, I would say, or well, I, like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there in general who can relate to Well, that, I think uh, like, maybe mm. in that one, it's like, how many people were dating Jawas? It's like, she's, <laughs> she's the one who dated a Jawa. It's like, you're going to ask her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, you like Jawas? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> like, have you met me? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, no, nah, I'm just working on me yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm incredible. So there's a montage of assembling the ship. Kind of love a good, like, building the car montage, right? Oh, yeah. So they're scraping the paint off, although they missed some, which I thought was weird. Um, I kind of like that they left a couple of I don't want any yellow. Just should be all silver. Um, so there's a family of scurriers that live on in the thing. So I, I love how she's like, there's got a little nest and she's like, looks at it. She's like, I'll leave it. <laughs> yeah, leave it for now. <laughs> right. Um, you got the, I, I thought this is really cool because the pitroids are always used for like comedic effect and stuff. And they certainly are here. But there's this moment where they're like putting together parts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, look at them actually doing their job like <laughs> yeah. competently and well. I thought that was super cool. Um, we learn uh, that that she's never been off world. That she's kind of she's a local gal. She calls herself. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a little fun thing. And then we also see that there's no vapor manifold, and there's this a bunch of jargon that I couldn't keep track of. But essentially, he gets a nos button. You can like it gets like I a know. booster. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a new style gonk droid um, that has like a clear part, and it, they use it to power up the ship. Um, we see BD droid, the BD droid showing off his like holo- hologram skills because in the video game, that's how your map is seen, right? Yeah, exactly. Which I really think is like really subtle and simple. It's not that subtle because it's like a, a whole one scene is that, but like they they show, hey, where does this piece go? And he goes like, and he places it on the mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, wow, they even thought of that. I thought that's a really cool idea. They didn't have to go that far, but they do. And, I, and, then, mm-hmm. he, and then he does a little dance. Yeah, I know. It's a little feet. Feet. Gets a little excited. Oh, so cute. Yeah. Um, and then the Jawas bring another part. <laughs> and then this is amazing. Yeah. And it's a these critters could find a scud in a krill pond, is what the, yeah. what she says, which is of course a reference to Mando season one, where they yeah, have those krill ponds. Well, and she also says scud in a skunk pile or something. Yeah, or scud in a skunk pile. Yeah, there's like That's a bunch a of weird ones. There's a whole bunch of weird ones in this in, in this episode. I think later on when he's talking about uh when he's on the ship, he says as smooth as a gonk scomp jack. I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, excuse me? Watch your mouth. Um, so, <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> um, and well, actually, there's another joke about that later with R4, but we'll get to that. Um, so the turns out what the thing is, is a cryogenic density combustion booster, which is mm-hmm. a bunch of made up basically words. Um, they're real words, but put together in a random assortment. It, it's jar. It's just bullshit. But um, they it turns out it's the same thingamajig that they used in uh, A New Hope to like keep the walls from closing in on them. Yeah, I saw that. And, which I laughed. I was I, like, that's cool. I didn't notice that the first time I saw it. I, I did. I will admit, no, I didn't, I didn't pick either. that up. But I just. I think that's a fun. Like that's another one of those things where like, hey, if you didn't notice it, someone could point it out to you, and you think that's. And I think that's kind of cool. It's not. 
They're not yeah. calling attention to it. They're not using it to pry two things apart. You know? No. Yeah. Um, and apparently, he, and he's like, well, where do they get that from? And he's like, you really want to know? He's like, uh, kind of, yeah. And they're yeah. like, well, apparently they got it from a Pike Spice Runner while they were refueling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. And then like, so you got to feel like they're going to probably try to exact some sort of revenge or something. Oh, Although absolutely. how they'll know it got there or whatever is hard to say. But she does tell a court, short story about how the Pikes ever since they started running spice in their in their sector they don't mess around and they're causing all this trouble and yada yada yeah like law enforcement won't do anything we already know all that we already know all that so um the next morning they cut to the next morning and there's a dragon rooster yeah what is that i don't know but it makes the exact sound a rooster makes and i thought that was great they're just whatever it is i liked it i was like oh cool it's a little baby dragon well it kind of looks like um What's the uh, uh 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 from what's the movie the animated dinosaur movie? Uh, Toothless. No, no. Land How to Train time. Your Dragon. Land Before Time. Oh, there's that little there's that little like flying one in that in that. So I don't know. Anyway, that's not a dragon movie. No, that's I know that. I know. I said movie. dinosaur. Did I say dinosaur or dragon? You said, said dragon, dragon movie. Oh, I meant dinosaur. <laughs> well, dinosaurs and dragons are pretty similar. That's you. why I was yeah. so confused. I'm like, what yeah, are you no, talking no, 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 about? No, 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 it's not like Toothless at all. No. Um, anyway, so the ship is is done. They finished it, and it's being brought out by the pitroids. They're kind of like carrying it out. And by the way, I love there's another example of where the pitroids are great. So there's two of them like carrying it, like pushing it out. And there's the other one who's like in the cockpit, got his arm hanging off the side, kind of like you would like if you were leaning out and just <laughs> yeah. chilling. And I just thought Backing that was like up. it's just such a cool like pose to put a droid in. I thought that's super funny. Yeah. Um, and it just looks so badass. Here's the honest truth, okay? I thought the mm-hmm. N1 Starfighters were fine, you know, in, in, in Phantom Menace and their brief appearance. Oh, yeah. That they make in, in Attack of the Clones at the very beginning before the ship explodes. But I didn't love them. And in fact, the like really long pointy tail thing is kind of silly. I, I remember them talking about how when they designed the... Um, the the what's it called the, the imper- like the palace where they where the ships are hanging um yeah. in in episode 1 that they hadn't considered those long pointy bits and that in fact those those bits of the of the ship are actually just go right through the wall they don't you don't see that in the actual movie but like they don't techni- oh, really? they don't technically <laughs> fit in the space that they're provided to in the hangar in episode oh, 1 oh that's super funny so um, I, I just anyway, I just think they're fine looking, and this just looks so cool. It's like muscle car kind of like they even have that like that piece that like supercharger sticking up, um, right? Like out on of the it. top, exactly, hey? just yeah. like a muscle car, and it's so freaking cool looking. Yeah, it um, looks really cool. It looks really cool, like all silver yes. and with a little. I like the little like accent yellow stripes, but yeah, yeah, it does look very cool, all silver, and it just matches Mando's like armor. Well, yeah, and that everything. too. Yeah, it's, obviously that's very cool. And then she's like, not a gram of fat on her. It's like, it's just lean, mean, starfighter machine. And uh, Mando asks about the droid port. And she's like, well, she's like, you know, with your disposition, I thought you'd forgo the astromech. And then then (laughs) R4 gets upset and she's like, watch your language around the customers, which I think is (laughs) funny. Um, So... Obviously a spot for Grogu, right? It's going to be his little little gunner seat. his little hangout. Yeah. Um. It just seems a little on the nose, you know? Like could, I feel mm-hmm. like what I would have liked to have seen is him sitting on his lap at first and then then being like going back to her and being like, Can you 
turn the 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 astromech spot into oh his, like, yes, you know yes. like less planned out that. but maybe she's mm-hmm. like thinking ahead so i don't know yeah. um so she has him start him i love this by the way this is so weird because he's like she's like well let's start her up and he's like really like what do you yeah. mean really it's done <laughs> yeah like, shouldn't we run a diagnostics <laughs> yeah like okay yeah. she's like she's no it's she's like oh i can hear it she's purring which right right it totally is i love that 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 uh-huh. that language um so she Mando takes it out on a test flight and boy, does it look cool flying. It just it does, looks yeah. really cool. And he's like, he feels like it feels like it's handing a little bumpy. And she's like, well, that's because you're used to flying a gun gunship. Fly it like a starfighter. He's like, okay, I'm going to open it up. And he just like, it just goes right. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, he says it's as smooth as a gonk scomp jack, which I think is a great <laughs> line. Real snappy, really, uh, really res- responsive. It, you can tell that it's like really moving. And he's like, and it's going through, and you're like watching him flying. You're like, is that the the pod racer? Track? Yeah, and you're like, like, is that the pod racer? It is. Absolutely, it absolutely yeah. is. And he then he gets told to go to Beggars Canyon, so he's going through Beggars Canyon. Yeah. Um, and uh, we even get to see the off ramp that that Anakin uses. And <laughs> like, there's yeah. some people who are like, "What do you mean? No one picked that up in 40 years or whatever." And I'm like, "And mm-hmm. who knows what happened to that thing? Either maybe it was replaced and broken again, oh, sure. or who knows broken what." Again. I'm like, sure they probably still have pod races. Yeah, there. Like, like I don't know. Yeah. I like what a weird thing for people to be upset about. I just think it's <laughs> cool to see that shot from the same angle. What does that same space look like 40 years later? Like uh-huh. the, the effects are really cool, right? He's ripping through. And uh, we even get to see uh, 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 a womp rat at the end, right? We're like, oh, well, that's where <laughs> that's where Anakin or Luke was was bullseyeing those bad boys <laughs> yeah. as he was flying through on his uh, T sixteen. So um, it, it's just really cool. So he decides he's going to take it up into space. He's really going to give her a shot, um, and uh, he takes the N one alongside a cruiser. We get to see that Rodian again. Yeah, it's very. Uh, cute. I guess it was like on a layover or something. <laughs> on <tattooing>. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he gives him a little nod. That is cute. Uh, and then he does this mm-hmm. like fun flight action stuff where he's flipping around. Very, oh, um, very I thought it looked Anakin. so cool when he's yeah. like flying around the big like cargo yeah. ship or whatever you call it. Totally ship. like it the screaming. opening of, very much reminded me of like the opening of uh, 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 Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Where like, they're just flying really close to those cruisers. And, you know, this is where the fun begins, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so all super, super cool. He's doing, he's doing these little spins. And then he gets pulled over by the space cops in yeah. uh, in two X wings. <laughs> I love this. I just like that they just hail him, and he get, he's basically getting pulled over by the cops. Yeah, it's so funny. well, he's kind of like doing some. Like, and he's like, ah, oh, dank Varric. Like he, he's <laughs> definitely. Swears. It's because it's funny because like I think he knows he's kind of messing around. He's kind of like, oh, absolutely, he's, he's flipping, yeah, spinning, he's doing some cool stuff. And he's like, yeah. obviously, I was thinking even when I was thinking, I was like, you are flying a little close to like a. <laughs> A, a, a passenger ship like shouldn't yeah they're probably gonna get freaked out like i'm sure yeah. their alarms are going off being like yo there's a fighter ship <laughs> right which is probably why, around here right which is probably why they had uh these guys show up yeah and uh anyway so he's getting pulled over he's like you're not allowed to fly that fast next to a commercial ship they're upset uh-huh. with him for not flying with a, or flying with a beacon without a beacon mm-hmm. um and that his registration isn't up to date it's very yeah. much like the police just hassling somebody. all that stuff especially it's like oh what did they say something about his his engine or something oh, doesn't, doesn't match. His... It's like, oh, yeah. it's like, oh, that's aftermarket. And you're like, oh, yes. yeah, we just built it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those guys who get pulled over for their yes. like really loud hot rod cards right. and their tint. Like, and yeah. it's just like, it's like, you know. Don't you guys have better things to do? Like, Yeah, but it's like, no, because you're driving around like an idiot and being really loud. Right. So I'm going to give you all these tickets. <laughs> right, you're doing all these tickets. Yeah. Yeah, um, stop being an idiot. And I love that he's like, okay, I had like set your computers for, um, for like, rem- 
like remote control and we're gonna like i guess pull you down like you land your ship and we'll give you some tickets or arrest you or something i don't know yeah but it's like it's very ominous and then he's like ah and then the other guy jumps in and he's like hey you know what why don't we let him off with a with a warning turns Mm -hmm. out it's captain carson tiva our boy yeah (laughs) from who's by the way repping a hardcore canadian accent in this episode like (laughs) really hard he's like well you want to go back to the base and do a bunch of paperwork today or what huh yeah. You know, like it's like it's. I was like, that's pretty. I was like, man, you could you couldn't have toned that down just a smidge. But anyway, I liked it. Yeah, it was very like mounty Canadian copying. Like, ah, I don't want to do the work. Yeah, <laughs> just let them go. Yeah, uh, just like uh. Yeah. yeah I so it. he's like, wait, you know, did you used to fly a Razor Crest? Your voice sounds familiar. Yeah, it's your like, voice sounds oh, familiar. what's your voice sounds familiar? It's not the silver helmet that's sitting, like, sticking out of yeah, the Yeah, it's like you can see his yeah, head. I think he's just playing a coy. Oh, of course. And uh, he asked about an incident that took place with the Imperial Remnant um, and asked if he can ask him some questions. And then mm-hmm. and he's like, ah, uh, and then presses his little NOS button and jumps <laughs> yeah, away. Just takes just off. Just books away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I love that. I love how the other guy's like, hey, how did he jump to hyperspace? I didn't, he didn't power up his engines or anything. And he's yeah. like, he's like, that was, he's like, son, he didn't, come yeah. on, you know, yeah. learn some stuff. <laughs> What's cool about this is that uh, the other pilot um, is played by uh, Max Lloyd Jones, who was the body double for Luke last season. Yeah. I saw that, I think, on Screen Crush. I didn't realize yeah. that at the time. I thought he looked like, you know, a little bit familiar, but I was well, just. Well, it's hard kinda, to tell because it's not like you could see his face in the last Well, one no, either. and he has a beard, so he looks yeah. a little scruffier and everything. But I was like, oh, and he's wearing okay. a helmet. I mean, not that we saw yeah. his face, but yeah. yeah. It's, we didn't see his face in The Mandalorian. No, we, we saw, saw it in like a the weird three CG mashup thing. Yeah. That didn't I mean, look unless you watch the, um, like the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, yeah. he's apparently Lieutenant Reed is the character's name. Um, yeah. and, I just uh, love it. They're just yeah. being lazy. Like, nah. Well, I think it's work. like, I, no, what, I think what was happening well, is here, this guy was yeah. like trying to impress his captain, right? He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this all by the books. And he's like, you know what? Listen, take it from me. I've been around the block a few times. It's not worth your, it's not worth the trouble. You know? uh, yeah. And I feel like that guy has a bit of a, like. A little bit of a power he, trip he know- he's going on a bit Well, yeah. no, not that. I think it's a little bit like he knows Mando's like not a bad oh, guy. Oh, you're talking about the, okay. You're talking about yeah. Tiva. Yeah. Yeah, because he's just kind of like, ah, like, I know this guy. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just let him go for now until he's actually doing something wrong. Like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. Um, And it's like, not only that, it's like, he, I think he knows that he kind of helped out with the Imperial stuff. Yes, so he's like that's giving, what I mean. He's so giving him he's some a benefit of the doubt here. A little bit of a, okay, we'll give you a pass here. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wanted to ask him a couple questions about it, but yeah. Yeah. For the most part, letting him go. Um, and then so back at the shop, um, Fennec drops by and offers to pay him for being muscle. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. and he's like, it's for Boba Fett. And he's like, I go, OK, well, you know what? Tell him it's on the house. But first, yeah. I need to play a visit to a little friend. And then it cuts to yes. black. And I'm like, what? Crazy. Because that's <laughs> yeah. no Boba Fett in this, in this episode. And you really just have Fennec just sitting up there like a, a you know, like a, like a ninja, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And it's like, OK, that's all fine and cool. But like. What does this idea of you having to visit? We touched at this at the beginning of the episode, so I don't want to retread that. But um, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think there's gonna be. I think we're gonna see Mando with Boba Fett next episode. That's my. I think so too. Yeah. 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 I would. I would agree. I think we're gonna see that as well, and then maybe we'll see where Mando goes in Mando. Right. So, um, in between, but uh, yeah. No. I. It was like I said. I. I really enjoyed this episode. It was one of my favorites so far, which is, it makes me feel bad because it's supposed to be <laughs> about it's, Boba it's Fett. It's not a Boba Fett episode. And I that, know. So it, I think it's a great episode too. Guilty. 
It's and, so good. And I, I just, yeah. Here's my take. I, I don't know. I think this is the, the, the best episode of the season so far, but <laughs> yeah. it's not an episode of the show. So I discount I that. I don't like, I'm like, this is a great episode uh, of The Mandalorian. It's not an episode of Boba Fett. I think the second yeah. episode of The Book of Boba Fett is still the best one if you're just basing mm-hmm. it on its own merits. Um, yes. And, uh, and yeah. then... I think, yeah. Well, and, I and think then, eventually we're going to understand why it's, it's here. Uh, it's, I sure I hope think so. we just need to see everything else play out and then I think it will make more sense. Yeah, but like, I think, you know, here's the thing. Like, if someone, if, if, if at the end of the season someone's like, you know what my favorite episode was of the season? Episode five. <laughs> and I'm like, like I was like, really? I know. That's your favorite. That's your favorite episode of Book of Boba Fett, the one that didn't feature Boba Fett. Give I know. A, that's why I feel guilty yeah. thinking it's the best one. I'm like, oh man, like I feel like I just wish there's a, at least a little bit of Boba Fett in there. To well, kinda, his name is referenced. But, yeah, yeah. In the, the last two minutes of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, I, what, I, if, if it, it if it all if it all works out great, I don't have confidence that it's gonna it's gonna work out that smoothly. I feel like it will I still do. ultimately feel a little disjointed. It's right. hard to say. Like I said, we'll hold judgment. This is really good stuff. I think it has really okay. great narrative drive. Like you really, you're, you're, you want to understand, you want to learn about the sword with Mando. You want to learn about the, 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 the dark saber and you want to, you want him to impress the armorer and you're upset with him when he disappoints her just like she is. And it's like all that stuff kind of totally works. And then, and then he's free of that, and you're like, okay, well, maybe he's actually going to get to the. Maybe he will actually meet up with Boba Fett this this week. And instead, it's this whole fun build a car montage scenario, and it's like, yeah. okay, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. It's really it's satisfying to watch. Obviously, as something comes is put together, it has connections to the prequels, which obviously is really cool. Um, and that kind of and it, and then it, it does some fun fan servicey stuff that all feels like it fits. But yeah, yeah. But ultimately, it's not an episode of Boba Fett. So we'll see next week like what happens with the pikes. The pikes are referenced enough of yeah. enough connective tissues there, but it's very and, it's very loose. And Clatoonians and Clatoonians are also yes, that's like, true. They have that's that territory. True. So, but not you know, it's like on Tatooine. Like that's a, imagine it's a fairly it's a different sect. I'd imagine. Yeah, but you never know. Like he did technically, Mando did just kill the head of some Clatoonian gang. Sure, and it's that's like, true. That's they, true. They could be correlated with the other Clatoonians. Like who knows? Well, they might. Word you know, might get back to them, and it you know that could maybe cause we, some kerfuffles next week. We did but. say that there was. A, yeah, when they're, when you know when Bobo was like, you know, don't all I ask is you remain neutral, or whatever, right? Don't betray me. Yes, we said yes. for sure someone's going to betray him, so maybe it's the Clatoonians. <laughs> Probably. So, like, I feel like there's a reason why they use Clatoonians in the cold open of this, right? And, and otherwise, they would have just made it a different species, and it wouldn't have mattered. So, I think there is a purpose to the being Clatoonians. I sure hope so. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, any final thoughts? No, I just I really liked this episode and I thought it looked really good. I It's so yeah, good it was, looking. It's yeah. Everything it was, about it, like the the ring world, the The, the ring way, world was so the cool. ship when it's flying mm. around Tatooine looks really cool. When he's yeah, flying around in space, it looks really cool. Like, there was like nothing that upset me or that I was like, mm, I one, didn't like that. Like I actually liked everything. Like even one little detail, like when when he's flying above Tatooine and he's doing those little spins, yeah. the little bubble that he has where, you know, where Grogu's gonna be, you know, eventually uh-huh. when it when it like passes over like the little blue outline of the of the atmosphere, it's all warped because right. of the 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 shape of the the glass. And I was oh, like, okay. what a cool little detail to include in yeah. that to kind of no, make it all just... fit. And I just like I did, everything feels it, it all fits together in a yeah. very cohesive way. I did, it's no, it it's very episode. good stuff. This is a great episode. That that flashback was absolutely stunning. 
I feel like they were saving all their like their <laughs> CG budget for this episode or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it was great. So um, I guess we pick back up with Boba Fett next week. Um, yeah. And we'll see. Well, and we'll definitely be there to break it down. So um, before we, we leave, I'll just remind everyone again, at Tower Babblecast on Twitter, facebook.com slash Tower Babblecast. We hope to see you live chat next Thursday. Um, and until then, we'll talk to you then. May the force be with you. Thank you.